welcome to the 238th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on June 23rd, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who I guarantee is not nearly as frustrated and irritated as I am, Carlos Rodella. What? Now I'm curious. I don't think I am, but now why? I guarantee you're not, and we are about to talk about it as oh. soon as we get into the next segment, sir. Okay, yeah. I, today's episode is called Something About Housekeeping. We haven't really come up with the actual title at the time of this recording, but we have a lot of housekeeping, and I'm guessing some of the housekeeping is a frustration point for you. Super, super frustration. Nice. So let's get into it. Let's just Juicy. get into it. Let's do housekeeping. As everybody knows, you and I share living arrangements. We split a house with a roll of duct tape right down the middle of it. My side is usually pretty empty, maybe like one or two things, but today it's piled high. How is your side, sir? Ooh, mine's pretty high. Oh, that means shit. It's a full house at this full point. Full messy house today. All right. I don't know how you want to do this. How about you do one, I'll do one, and just back and forth till we run out of shit? Yeah, okay. That's all. Right, we got to clean this house. Let's do it. Kick it off, man. Well, here's a positive one I'll start with. How about that? Because we know some, some okay. weird, potentially negative stuff's coming. Uh, I got my Cosmic Red controller today. Cosmic Red is this uh, is this the PS5 controller? Yes, and it oh, was like okay. I just like went to Sony's website of all places because that was like I guess how you could pre-order it or something, and like Sony sent it to me. You know, like it's not Amazon. It was just like Sony just sent direct. me the controller. Yeah, direct. Right. And they and they and they were really good about emails. They're like, you should be getting it in a few days. You got it today. Check your you know your uh, mailbox. So it's just as good as I thought it would be. The the buttons are so awesome because they're clear and i know i just uh we'll talk about this later but the xbox direct extended we're talking about how you can make your own controllers for xbox which i'm in the middle of doing right now right we can talk about that too um and i'm going to do that as well but you know it's just really fun to have something new for my playstation as well so yeah we talked about in this podcast i said as soon as i saw it it was it was mine and i made it a reality and now i'm gonna play my first game with it tonight Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, new controllers can be a fun thing if you got the money and if you, you know, spend a lot of time on games like I'm sure we both do. So, yes. you know, I'm I'm probably going to stick with the stock controllers for the PS5 because I'm just not really playing it that much just for the exclusives. But I am putting a ton of time into the Xbox X and I was really stoked to see the, the um, Xbox Design Lab come back. So I, I have like a little prototype on the store. I haven't finished um, my colors, but I'm looking at putting something, you know, kind of fancy together, maybe getting a little inscription on the front. And uh, I think the wife and the son, we each want to get their own as well. So we're going to save up a couple bucks and whole family is going to be rocking some personalized controllers. So that's pretty exciting. Controllers are fun. That is that is fun. And we'll talk about um, another piece of housekeeping that has to do with that. But I will talk about that for a second because I'm making one. I, mean, I think I already made it. It's saved for later. You know, you can do that. Save them. Yes, yes. And uh, I'm just like waiting for like a paycheck to come through, and then I'm going to um, go ahead and buy it. But it is on a lot of things controller. So my wow, brand, okay. yeah, my brand right. has a lot of things, and I use a lot of the same colors, which is like this purple, pink, uh, like light blue, and it all has that kind of aesthetic. So all my thumbnails and my backgrounds and stuff like that. So, and even my new show has like space you know, space and purple and stuff. So I made the as close as I could get to that style. And then I put a lot of things as the uh, as the tag in the front of it. Excellent. That is really cool. Uh, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. I love seeing everybody's controllers because 
everybody comes up with something slightly different and they all have they all have a story behind them which i think is the neatest thing right like most yeah, of them are yeah. like oh this looks like like you said it's like my show or this is like this reminds me of my dog or this like looks like my grandma's favorite meatloaf or something you know like everybody's got a story behind whoa, them so whoa, i think it's really whoa. interesting i was with you until the meatloaf part i don't know anybody who would want to do that but more power to you if you want to make a meatloaf controller you never know, man. You, you know. never know. You uh, know. Speaking of the Xbox Showcase Extended, which we've alluded to two times now, uh, I watched that. It was great. Of course, you worked on it. Uh, I for did. The sign language. Um, and the one of the coolest things that came out of it that already like made the cycles through the internet, which was Paris getting to host it. And if you don't know, Paris is uh, at Vicious696 on Twitter and has his own YouTube channel and has done like many podcasts. And, you know, it's, it's really awesome to see a person of color being in like this huge showcase that is generally like an older white guy talking to everybody else <laughs> about games. Um, so to see him and uh, representation, but also just like kind of an indie, uh, you know, create content creator, let's just say, make it to such a big stage and for the whole event. He did the I mean? whole show. The he did the show. whole yep. show. And it was like, and he was so personable, like minus like the diversity thing, which is is great. But like I just liked his personality. He was just like super down to earth, and I just felt like, yeah, I just felt like represented more for some right reason. On. Yeah, he did a good job. Very good job. I really dig that. So that was cool. And then in general, the whole thing was just like more information about games. So I got really excited about the flight simulator. Which are you going to play that? Like normally I wouldn't, but it just seems really interesting. Uh, normally I wouldn't, but since it's going to be on Game Pass, I probably will give it a shot. I mean. It looks cool. I don't know that I'm necessarily like a sim guy or even a flight guy, but I mean, you know, if it's it's on there for quote unquote free, uh, you know, not really free, but basically free, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I think my, probably my son's probably going to get into it. He really likes the sim stuff, um, which is kind of weird, right? Like my whole family is all gamers, but like I have different tastes than my wife and my son has different tastes than both of us. So even though we all love games, like we all love different games and he's oh, yeah. definitely like the first person shooter slash sim kind of guy. And that's his jam. So I bet he'll probably spend some time on it. Well, for the one thing, I just I like the idea of the technology and how it's going to be using the cloud uh, and basically, you know, supplying, what is it? Not teraflops, maybe teraflops, just like oogots of information to your that's Xbox. That's not even a word. That's not a word. Is that a teraflops word? Teraflops is a word, yes. No, is. teraflops. So you said oogots. That's no, no, no. Yeah, oogots is okay. not a word. Uh, so I'll go with that one. It's going to supply oogots of information to your Xbox. And, you know, just be able to go anywhere. It's, it's almost like my Oculus Quest, which I use for like a lot of like sightseeing, right? Like I go to, get to go to different countries and stuff. Uh, it's almost like that. It's like you can just kind of learn about places. And I think that's right. really interesting. Uh, and then also I got really excited about Psychonauts again. I don't know. I wasn't really excited, but then I watched Tim Schafer talk about it. And uh, I enjoyed the first one. I don't think you liked the first one, did you? I had a lot of problems with it mechanically. I thought like, I mean, I played it when it was brand new. I haven't played right, the... Yeah revamped or whatever version I, I guess they probably polished it up a little bit but back when it came out uh it was not good to play like serious camera problems i thought it was fun but like it just was really painful to play at the time i i keep meaning to revisit it but i haven't got around to it yet yeah well the two you just go to two you don't need to have played one you know, probably like, so you get yeah, the idea so. yeah so anyways just side by that but yeah i don't know anything else to stand out about that extended showcase to you uh, I, I mean, no, I mean, I already seen that stuff like so much times cause I was already working on the show. So I was yeah. just like, whatever. So it's fine. Also just as a point of uh, point of reference for anybody who cares, I don't know if anybody cares. Uh, I did also do the, uh, rare show where they talked about CM thieves that went into really a deep dive 
Um, so in case you want to see me doing that, I did that as well. I think those are the only three things I did for Microsoft. So nice. I got out there this year. Yeah. So that, I mean, Sea of Thieves, not my jam, but it looks pretty interesting. Uh, and like most of the Xbox games, I mean, I think they all just look really good. I mean, maybe some are my gym, some are not, but like overall, I mean, great selection and they all look pretty sharp. And plus, I mean, Game Pass for almost all of them. So we talk about Game Pass all the time, like amazing. So good we do, everybody. Yeah. we do. But at the end of my housekeeping, we might have to return to Game Pass. Remind me to, yeah, to do that. Yeah, sure. Okay, you go now. All right. Um, so I got a bunch of stuff. First off, I do want to apologize to everybody on the podcast. My allergies are like super out of control right now. It's really hot in, in Washington and near Seattle. So, uh, I have a lot of allergies. I'm an allergy guy. always have been. Um, and I just, I, I'm fighting back like the runny nose. I'm fighting back the itchy eyes. I feel like I want to like cough and I'm trying not to. So I apologize to everybody. If I lose my composure and I just, I just, you know, dissolve into a mucus mess, I apologize in advance. You know, doing what's my funny? Best. you know, it's funny. You are doing your best. I think every time you announce it, you don't have a problem. So maybe that'll save you. Cause oh, I, man, I hope so. So many times that we've done shows and, uh, <clears throat> we've done so many shows <laughs> and you'd be like, okay, I apologize at the beginning of the show. I have a cough. I, or I have a cold or whatever it is. And then we, you wouldn't hear it at all the whole episode. So I mean, but, fingers crossed, because I feel like I feel like it's building, man. I feel like there's a storm shit. inside me. It's brewing right okay. now. We may have to have like a pause. So anyway, if anything sneaks through, I, I'm sorry, folks. I know it's kind of irritating to hear somebody cough or whatever on the show. OK, anyway, that aside. Uh, so something really strange and interesting and unexpected happened this week. Uh, I was scrolling through Twitter as I as I normally do. And I got a, a message like just randomly um, from somebody I didn't recognize. And they were like referring back um, to a comment I made a while ago. And I'm like, oh, what, what is all, what's this about? What's going on? And so it was a developer. His name is Fumi Shiraishi. And I apologize in advance if I'm mispronouncing that. I'm doing my best. I think it's Fumi Shiraishi. Uh, he is a developer. And he worked on a game called Volta X. We talked about it here on the show, I don't know, many, many moons ago. It is a turn-based roguelike where you have a team of animals that pilot a giant robot, kind of like Voltron style. Mm. Um, I liked it a lot, except for the big problem with that game was it seemed like the kind of thing that should be like an eight hour campaign and then just roll credits and done. But instead they kind of turned it into like a, a game as service thing, which did not make any sense to me, especially being on the switch. Like I was like this, this is a cool game. I think it plays cool. I like it a lot, but this design structure is breaking my brain because it's, this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I tweeted that like when we talked about the show, I mean, I don't like two years ago. I don't even know when this was like, right. So like yesterday or the day before he's like, Hey man, um, I was thinking a lot about your comment again, like two years ago or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I totally made like a whole brand new game mode to address your comment. And what? I'm like, what? <laughs> Holy so, crap. So he created, he created an entirely new game mode in Volta X, which is free. If you own the game, it's, it's available now. You can download it and update your game. It is a uh, offline, no game of service, roguelike progression. It's got new robots. It's got new characters, new weapons, new attacks. It's a new structure. And you can't actually just roll credits and finish it. So he's like, I don't, you know, I forget the exact quote, but he's like, you know, I thought a lot about what you said and I made this new mode and hopefully you'll check it out. And I'm like, wow. wow. Like, I know developers have, you know, we, we interact, interact with developers on Twitter all the time. Like, like shit you say on Twitter gets out there. People see it. Even when you don't mean them to, like, even if you don't tag people in, they just have a magically uh, effective way of finding comments, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, it's when I'm shit-talking somebody. That's when somebody sees it. I don't know if they see the praise, uh, but he saw this, and I'm, I think this is probably the first time anybody's ever, like, made a mode 
indirect yeah. response to the comment. That, I mean, not that's like pretty... a hot fix, but like an actual mode. Yeah, like this. <laughs> it's, I'm laughing because it's pretty major. Like I, I feel like it's like kind of amazing, right? So, um, I told him like I'm like, wow, thank you for letting me know. This is amazing. I'm gonna check it out. I haven't had time because my schedule was like slammed this week, but I did re-download the game because I deleted it like a million years ago, right? Got it back on the Switch. I got the update, so I'm gonna try the new mode. I'll probably bring it to the show next week. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. That was just like a crazy out of the blue thing that happened. So thank you uh, to Fumi Shiraishi for letting me know about that. And also thank you for making that new game mode. Wow. Uh, I'm very excited to check it out. It's amazing. We are changing the world one like comment at a time. One comment at a time. Volta yeah. X, go check it out, folks. Check it out. Okay, well, that's cool. That's a positive one. That's pretty positive, yeah. Uh, another kind of non, not positive or more neutral, but oh, might actually get negative is that PAX, it was announced, PAX West, to be IRL. I saw that. And people can go to it. And I'm sure it's, uh, I believe it's 50% capacity. So it isn't going to be a full house, uh, you know, and however many people can fit in those, uh, in that building that they do it in, the convention center, it just be will be half of those people. I mean, to be fair, it was like you couldn't fit one more person in there, man. It was like shoulder to shoulder. Right. And to be fair, again, uh, the devil's advocate to that, the sixth floor, which is the fifth or sixth floor that I like, the only time I like going is to those uh, floors, or is more like the indie games yes, and the great, smaller great studios. Yes. They're, they were never like packed. So if, that's, if, it's, if it's 50% there, that seems pretty good to me. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So the, I I decided I'm only going to go to that, those two floors. I think that's fifth or sixth floor. And I would just go to see and support some indie games and maybe get some, you know, physical like merch or copies of games or something like that. And I usually like, like talking with indie devs uh, on that floor. And I feel like that won't be too crowded. Um, and then I'm also going to just see people like, at, like E3, we didn't get to do who come to visit Seattle I'm going to see them like at a restaurant or bar, you know, outside of this, of the show. So I'm going to do a couple small things with it. That's cool. I, you know, I love PAX. I mean, PAX is like my show. Like it's like in, you know, it's on our backyard. I can get there very easily. I know a lot of the people that go to it. I mean, it's like, it's my jam. Uh, I'm going to skip it, man. I'm going to completely skip it. I, I am not in the mood for crowds this year. I don't want to, um, you know, jump into things too soon. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. And I, I know you are too. And I know that, you know, people are going to take precautions and that's all good. But I mean, just me personally, I'm a pretty cautious guy by nature. And I feel like just for me, it's just a little bit too soon. So I'm going to let it go by all, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll get the emails. I'll be maybe talking to some folks virtually or something, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a pass. Well, we'll also be able to obviously cover all the stuff that they, you know, release digitally. <laughs> Right. They yeah. do. They yeah. do something similar to that. As oh, well. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, I'm going to wear a mask even though I'm vaccinated just to be like for sickness because it's like packs. Oh, dude, you, you're not going to be able to find me in public without a mask on for like the rest of my life. Man. <laughs> OK, I'm not going to go that far. But um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I'll like just kind of duck in and out. But mainly what I'm really excited about is that a few people, let's just say even a few people that I know in the industry might show up in Seattle because of it. Oh, so yeah. that's kind of yeah. cool for me to be like, hey, let's just go, you know, sit outside somewhere and, and catch up. Uh, so that's the thing that's happening. Again, if you go, um, make sure you wear a mask. I would just wear a mask anyhow because just the flu in general. Oh, right? yeah, dude. I mean, it's been it's a haven of sickness even in the best years, man. Yes. So definitely, like, bring the hand sanitizer, wear the mask, like, don't touch anything, you know, all that. Take all the precautions. It's just like, again, I've said this just recently, but it's like uh, the U.S. is, like, starting to come online for, like, normal shit you should do in, like, really crowded places. Like, yeah, no that shit. other countries have been doing for years. So we're, we're the outliers, and now we're kind of starting to get in line. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, another real quick fun thing, uh, I'm going to do two, is 
uh, well, it's not really fun, but it's interesting. Cyberpunk uh, came up with a patch. And it really is more of like a hot fix. It's not a full patch. But it did fix a bunch of stuff for some of the people who are still playing, like, the campaign. Me, I'm, like, 190 hours in and, you know, <laughs> just, like, shooting dudes and finding, like, oh stuff God, that I'm not dude. supposed to find. But um, they did do things like they fixed the NPCs where it used to be, like, so many identical NPCs, which looked totally dumb, you know? Like, literally the same NPC. Right, like right, many in a row. Like they're, and they're all not clones, twins, and they're not, it's not clones. Story yeah. justified, yeah. No, no. So they got rid of that, and they actually it fixed it. They really did fix that. It looks just like, you know, you see random different types of people. Cool. But what the negative is, they added more like I don't know something with fidelity, where it's darker now at night, like literally harder to see, oh, and no. there's more fog. And I was like, I didn't. I didn't order either of those things. Uh, that sounds like it sucks. Yeah, like it was like one kind of good thing, and then one thing that's pretty bad. Because I was fighting cops, as you do when you're sure. 190 hours that's into what you do. That's what you do. Yep. And I was like, wait, I can't see them. Where where did they go? Like I was down <laughs> an alleyway, and I was literally not knowing where they were shooting from. Uh, so I was like, that seems wrong. Yeah. So anyways, that's just kind of a funny side note. All right. Cool. Back cool. to you. Back to me. Oh, God, a couple things. I guess I'll do some. Okay, I'll do this over here. So a couple of other ga- quick things. Um, first, Mars Horizon, which is kind of like a simpler version of Kerbal Space Program. Mm. Uh, my son loves Mars Horizon, which is why I'm bringing it up. I promised him I would mention it. Uh, they just put out a big update. So if you like Kerbal, uh, but maybe you want something different or maybe Kerbal is too difficult because, Jesus Christ, you need to have an engineering PhD to play Kerbal. Oh, yeah. If you need something a little simpler, Mars Horizon is a good alternative. They just put out uh, a new, like a pretty big patch or DLC content for free. Um, it has a bunch of stuff, but the thing that I thought was really cool is that they have replicated the recent Mars mission that we did for real. So like the Perseverance rover that landed on Mars and the little helicopter that was with it, the Ingenuity helicopter. Like if you want to like recreate that mission, and do those things on Mars like we really did uh, just a little while ago. Um, that is now in the game, and you can go through that whole mission and do that thing, which I thought was pretty awesome. So heads up on Mars Horizon. Big update there. That's cool. Uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Now, kind of a, a, a bad thing. Uh, PS5 is evil. I have just figured out it's evil. All um, right. All right. Calm down. Actually evil. Here's the here's the evil thing. Um, so I, got a, I, I tweeted about this a while ago. Maybe you saw it on Twitter. But I was like, you know, I just – I had this – weird i don't know just urge to be like you know i i, I feel like i want to play souls like right now and uh the other one elden ring's not coming out for a while i feel like i'm just in the mood so what what have i not played yet and i'm like well i only played like five minutes of the surge and i bounced off it but i heard it got a lot of patches and updates since then maybe i should give the surge another try and i originally played it on disc from gamefly so i don't actually own it so i'm like oh no worries i'll just jump on the uh store on my ps5 and i will buy it for you know whatever price it's on i'm sure it's dirt cheap these days uh and i go to to the store and it's like yeah here's the surge on ps now and i'm like i cool but i don't want it on ps now i just want to buy it they're like nope it's on ps now and i'm 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 like this can't be this can't be it it can't be it because you can buy it on literally every fucking platform and i know it was for sale on the ps4 when it was brand new i'm like am i just not clicking the right button what's going on here so i click all the buttons I hit a button that's like, you know, follow slash unfollow the surge. I, I don't need to follow anything right now. This game is dead. It's like it's like four years old yeah. or whatever. Uh, I'm like, is like, am I in the wrong page in the store? Is this a demo? Where, where's the game? I know this game exists. I've played it before. Uh, so I'm looking and looking and looking. Can't find it anywhere. 
Nowhere on PS5 do I find a button that says buy. I'm like, I've got money. I'm trying to give you my money. So I want to pay you some money to make you richer than you already are for this game that nobody wants, except for me. Let's do this? No, we're not going to do this. We can't do this. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and just to be clear, the reason I bought it on P, I wanted to buy it on PS5 was because I already owned the Surge 2, and I, I didn't know if there was any like data carryover or anything, so I wanted mm. to kind of keep it all in the same system in case I felt like I wanted to play the Surge 2, right? Um, so, I mean, that's why I didn't just like immediately jump over to Xbox, which is what my urge was. So I jump on the PC uh, interface for the PSN store. Lo and behold, here's the Surge on sale, $4.99. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why can I... And it's even on the Mike Susky, who is Game Critics writer. He jumped on his PS4 and he's like, yeah, I can see it for sale on the PS4. I saw it for sale on the PC uh, interface. You can't buy it on the PS5 because they want to shuttle you over to fucking PS Now, which is a garbage service. So I'm like really irritated that I had to like get out of my game zone, come downstairs, get on my TV, jump on the PC, like buy it on the PC and then download it. Like, fuck off. Like, if you want me to get PS now, I'll get it. If I don't want to get it, I won't get it. Don't force me. And like, like, otherwise I was just about to go give money to Microsoft. Right. So like, do you not want me to buy games on your system? You're going to make it difficult for me. This is bullshit. Okay. Let me talk you down from the ledge. First off, I've had to buy games on the PC version of the store for PlayStation before. Yes. I don't know why. Uh, it has happened before, and it has annoyed me. Uh, it, it sounds like it's something very similar to this situation, where I was like, I, Seems well, so, yeah. I see it here. Why is it not in my store? You know, right? To the credit of the the process, it's very easy, and it's actually it's like all you hit is the button download, and then it's downloading on your system. Sure. So that part's easy. And then secondly, I don't know why it's happening, but it is happening with some titles. I could see it being a marketing ploy where they go, hey. Why don't you sign them to the service? Because we know it's not really worth much right now. And here's some, in quotes, exclusive games you can get, maybe. But, I mean, that's so down in the weeds that I don't I don't even think they're thinking that far. I think it just happens to be because we both worked at big companies. There's so many things that happen just because of people. Like, random-ass I... person. I'm just saying, random-ass person didn't put up all the, the games in the store. I don't know. It just seems... I mean... So here's the thing. Here's the counterpoint to this, right? Yeah. This game used to be on sale on PS4. Like when it came out, you could buy it. I've seen it. It's a thing. You can still buy it on PS4. You can still buy it on PC. Someone had to flip a switch somewhere to make that not active on PS5. I mean, right, like, I don't know how many understand. games did they do that too? And is it just a few? And was that a fuck up? I mean, I haven't done an extensive search of the library, but it seems to me like that's a ploy because it doesn't make any sense at all that you cannot access the buy button, which you would think that's their top priority, right? Get the income coming in. Right. On a game like this, it's been out for so long. It's going to be pure profit and it's only like five bucks anyway. So like, why don't you just fucking let me buy it? Like it's just, ah, it's just irritating. We should, shit, we should do, we should do our, we don't do this, but we should do research, which I'm not gonna again, do research. we're not going to yes. do this. research. not going to do it. But if we did do that, right. If we were a podcast that did research, uh, we would go and look at how many titles were actually not available right on the store you could and, do you could do right that was that's a like a tangible thing for someone maybe listening to the podcast they, they could do <laughs> if anybody out there has time out. on their hands yeah because seriously if it's like four or like two then it's like a fuck up if it's like 20 or more then it's like a you know that is a ploy They're like, i'm gonna get i'm gonna put, place a bet okay there's no it. way i'm gonna there's no way we can check this there's no i mean there is there a way, is a way. It's one called of research. Is gonna, and but we're not gonna do it okay here's the bet <clears throat> excuse me I'll bet you that the overwhelming majority of games that are on PS Now right now, at least from PS4, 
I bet you if you went and looked at them, I bet you you could not buy them on PS5. I would. I'll bet I would, you. I want to place that bet that I think you can. And five bucks. Five bucks. Okay, f- done. All right, now, done. someone listening to the podcast has to help us decide that bet because <laughs> we're not going to do the work. Listeners, let's solve our bet. Settle this bet. Who owes who five bucks? I think most of these games, uh, it's a ploy, and I feel like they're trying to force you to get on PS now. Carlos disagrees. Yeah. Five bucks on the line. Five, five bucks on the line. It's just a deep ploy. It seems like a too. It just seems too much. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um. Before I forget, this just came up to my head. Um, I forgot to mention this, but Spiders, one of my favorite developers, um, they made a bunch of games. Which the, What's the main game I like? Greedfall, right? Greedfall. Greedfall is great. Yeah. So they announced a new game at E3, and I didn't say anything about it. Oh, they did? What did they announce? Uh, it's called, I'm looking at it right now, it's something with Steel. You're a robot, I think, but it's an RPG. Steel Rising. And the trailer looks amazing. And I'm going to send it to you because I don't think you maybe even seen I it. I feel like maybe I've heard of it, but I, they didn't get much play at E3. No, they didn't. They like showed one trailer, but it's like it looks like you're a robot, but like in um, Bloodborne kind of graphics, like in World. Hmm. And then also it's an RPG, and they just finished Greedfall, so like I could not be more excited about it. So uh, just put that on people's radar. I don't think I think it fell off everybody's radar. Spiders is producing Steel Rising. Go look up the trailer. It looks really good. Excellent. I really like Spiders a lot, too. I know that they've kind of had a, a tough track record, but uh, Greedfall, I mean, everybody says it's great. You say it's great. I actually, um, I'm going to play the deluxe version on Xbox once I get some time. So oh, I, I played fun. a little bit, and I really liked what I what I saw, but I, I couldn't get very far into it. I'm going to restart it. Uh, I heard nothing but good things, so looking forward to that. And I, I always like their style. I think they're a good house. They just have uh, had some bad luck, had a couple, you know, games that didn't quite meet up with their potential, but I feel like maybe they're on a good trajectory. Now. Well, they're on a good trajectory. You don't have to say maybe. I know they are because you just watch it. You know, you can see it in the in the. Again, I played all of Greedfall, and I think they've been like one DLC, and I played that too. So uh, that's a great game. Okay, so also one more game note is just uh, for listeners for next episode and for me because I'm excited. I'm starting Scarlet Nexus on Friday. All uh, right, and I'm very excited about it for a bunch of reasons, but. Um, yeah, I've been waiting for one big kind of action RPG to get into finally after I finished Mass Effect. Did you play the demo? Uh, I didn't because I don't want to. <clears throat> I I'm 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 on the fence with doing it because I know I don't think you it carries over. You should play over. the demo, dude. Play the demo. Does it carry over the data? I don't know if it does or not. It's not a very long demo, but I think that if you play that demo, you're gonna immediately know. Well, yeah, but whether I watched, that's your jam or not. Okay, but I watch footage enough to know that you can pick up things with physics. And I, I just, it seemed like it was my jam. You should play it. You should play it, dude. You should play it. I would hate it. Are you it. saying that because you didn't like it? I'm, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I played the demo and I'm like, ooh, I really don't like this. So you should definitely give it a shot. You're going to know like within 20 minutes whether it's your thing or not. It's it's very hot or cold. So Okay, I'll, I'll start it tonight. Uh, you have a couple more things and I have one more thing. I have a couple more things. I don't have any more necessarily game related. You got any more game related? Nah, ish. It's about Twitter. Uh, but with games. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It may be like the same. Maybe we're going to talk about the same thing. Could be, could be. The Returnal tweets? No, we're talking about a different thing. Okay. I just, I was uh, scrolling through Twitter and looking at stuff that, you know, hits your way. And I, I got mentioned in something. And it oh, was that's that right. that's Phil right. Hornshaw guy. Yes. And he was hey, talking Phil, about Returnal. And I felt compelled to say at least one thing because I disagree with a lot of what was going on in the thread. Um, and yeah, I think that there's some good things about Returnal. And again, I praised it on this uh, podcast for a while because I like a lot of the graphics and the stuff they do with the controller. 
Well, I'm going to stop you right there, dude, because oh. I was actually planning on bringing it up at the very tail end. So why don't we just put a pin in that? Oh, and I would love okay. to get your extended in depth okay. thoughts. Well, there's my the there's my in depth preview of <laughs> what I'll be about to say. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, cool. Uh, you want to keep going? You got anything else? No, I mean that's I'm putting a pin in my my okay. thing now. So go ahead. Okay, uh, okay so I'm going to slightly transition away from games. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our super fans. Sleeperhit79, who just recently got his U.S. citizenship. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah, I know Gabriel. He's a great guy. Um, we used to play... Uh, God dang it. Man, I'm having the worst day today. Sorry, folks. He, We used to play um, Overwatch together. He's a great guy, a great teammate. Uh, really funny. Every time I talk to him, he's always got like a one-liner. I mean, the dude should... He's got like a like a... Like a shtick, right? He's got like kind of a like a bit in the routine. Always good for a laugh. I love getting tweets from him. Uh, great guy. He's got a cute little baby that he just had recently. Uh, one of my favorite people on Twitter. So shout out to SleeperHit79. Gabriel, congratulations on your citizenship. Although on one level, I think you're kind of crazy because I'm actually trying to get out of the United States. So I don't know that this is necessarily where you want to be. But other than that, congratulations, my brother. Yeah, congratulations. Excellent news. Excellent news. Okay. The last thing that I have is is the, the cause of my frustration. Uh, I'm going to get into it for just a second here. Is it so, what I just brought up? No. Totally oh, different. Oh, totally my goodness different. gracious. I'm so confused then. Okay, go ahead. So, I, you know, games for me are like my my safe space, right? Like my my home away from home. My, You know, when, when people say go to your happy place, like that's where I go. And I'm sure probably you probably have that same feeling. Probably a lot of people have that feeling, right? Like it's an escape for a lot of people. Yep. Uh, it's been a real stressful week. It's been, it's crazy. Just like a lot of like real life things going on. And I'm like, I just want to chill with my games, and just like decompress. Right. But uh, I was having some problems with my old TV and like the picture wasn't coming through clearly. And it was like it was bumming me out, man, because like, you know, you can't play games if you can't really see your TV very clearly. So I'm like, OK, I don't like to upgrade very often because um, contrary to popular belief, I'm going to give you a little 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 peek behind the curtain here, Carlos, a little secret. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever see me in real life, you've seen me in real life. <laughs> just but a if few anybody, times. Just a few times. But if anybody sees me in real life. You know, you would look at me and you'd be like, okay, there's like this pasty white dude, a little on the chubby side, got glasses. He probably is real good at tech. He probably knows computers like real well, right? Like that's, you would think that about me. And a lot of people think that about me. Don't be fooled. I don't know jack shit about computers or technology. My wife is the technology brain in the family. She handles all of our electronics um, outside of consoles, right? Like I do consoles, but like when it comes to like phones or like, you know, TV, AV setups, speakers or whatever, like the wife does all that shit. She's like the tech guru. Okay. So I don't know fuck all about technology. And in fact, I think I'm kind of cursed. Like, I think I have like anti-technology aura around me. Can we, can I pause you right there? That yeah. is a real thing. Okay. Yes, That's a real it thing. is. I'm a very big energy guy and we're all made of energy. Everything's energy. Our thoughts 100%. are energy. Okay. 100%. And my mom has the same problem. <laughs> she literally, and I'm not comparing you because whatever, it's just the way it is, right? There's just sure, certain sure. people. That's the thing. She literally got a brand new iPhone and the, you know, week later she's like, it's just not working. You know, yes. I just, I mean, I need to make a whole sketch about all of the problems that she has. So you're not wrong and it's just a curse. You're right. You're, you're probably cursed. So go I, ahead. hundred percent, dude. Like I, it can be anything. Like I am the guy who always gets the bug in the game, right? Or I am the guy whose phone is on the fritz or I am the guy who downloads a program that like everybody uses. And for some reason it doesn't work for me. Like yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. how I roll. And it has been my whole life. Right. And I'm not a dumb guy. Like I can, I can do YouTube tutorials and I, I know how to work things. I can send emails like any normal person. Right. But like something about my aura just like does not get along with technology, which is why I'm happy to let my wife take care of it. And game consoles, thank God work for me. 
and I just I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I just stop right there, and that's all I can do. So I have to get a new TV, right? Because like my old TV is not working, and it stressed me out to not play games. So I go down to the local store. Uh, they're having this bananas fucking sale, like 75% off of like everything. And I'm like, oh shit. Like these prices are fucking like nuts, right? <laughs> these like, prices was, are too hard to pass up. <laughs> these prices are insane. So, I mean, literally, right? So I'm looking at the TVs and I'm like, well, I was thinking of just getting a slight upgrade, but these TVs are so fucking cheap. I might as well go hog wild because it's just the same price as buying like a really small TV or whatever. So by, by the way, I wish you would have texted me before this. Cause I, I am the tech guy and I know TVs. And so, <laughs> well, we can talk because I, I okay. hang tight for like 30 seconds. All right, I'll find be, out. I'll be, yeah, yeah. So I go and I look around and I see one that it really speaks to me. Like it's got enough, uh, HDMI ports. It's got the features that I like. It's a good size. And unfortunately, like the guy's like, yeah, the stock says we have like four in the store, but I can't find them. So I guess they're not here. So I can't get my first choice. I'm like, fuck. Okay, fine. I'll go with the second choice. It's like a 50-inch Samsung uh, 4K. Like, I never in a million years would have bought this TV. It was full price. No fucking way. It was like 300 bucks, dude. Like, dirt cheap. Yeah, that's like crazy. A, it's a crazy price. So I'm like, whoa. I didn't think I could afford this much TV. And honestly, I can't. But it's so cheap. I can afford this. So I buy the TV. Samsung Smart TV. Get it home. It is like immediately problems dude immediately problems it's only got two hdmi ports which was a bummer because i need at least three but i'm like well i got a switcher so that should be fine right okay totally not fine plug in like what happens is i plug in my first console and this tv is like so quote-unquote smart it wants to like get a handshake going with the console right like yeah, it wants assign to like, it assign yeah, it yeah yeah it yeah, wants yeah. to assign it one and yep. i'm like don't do that bitch like just <laughs> take the hdmi input that's all you got to do like when I change a channel, just change the channel. Don't recognize it. Like don't get a, a little like a grip going on it. But it does, right? Can I pause it for a minute? Yes. I'm gonna, this story is going to take a lot of pauses for me. Yes, go ahead. Being go the ahead. person of like technology, so already you're giving it negative energy because you're like you just called it bitch. By the way, you oh, just it got is the a bitch, TV dude. Home. It is okay, it is a okay. hardcore bitch. And and like it, the whole idea of it's smart TV trying to assign things. That's kind of what it's supposed to do. Like it's not a bad thing that it's trying to assign things. So, anyways, I'm just saying like. It seems like you're already mad about that, but that's kind of a, it can be a very helpful thing. Well, so, so here's the problem, right? Like if that just worked fine. Okay. But what ended up happening was it like I put, I plug in the switch, right? Plug in the switch. It's like, yes, you are a switch. I am a TV. We are now friends. Cool. And then I put in the switcher and I need to like get onto the Xbox and it's like, meh, 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 error. This is no longer a switch. It did and not, like, do, it did not do that voice. No, it did not do that voice. It totally did. I'm like, what? My TV is talking to me. That's and it had weird. eyes and a face all of a sudden. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, I realize it's not a Switch, but I need to have multiple consoles on one TV because that's a normal thing people do every day. And it would not recognize it. So I'm like, okay, how do I get around this? And like, I'm futzing with the, the remote control and I'm trying to go through the settings and it's not working. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know what happened, but it forgot the Switch and identified the PS5 or my the Xbox. And it, it went back and forth between the PS5 and the Xbox, no problem. But then it would not recognize the Switch anymore. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh my god! Like, what is happening with this thing? I can't get it to work. And so I just like, I get the switcher and I redo the HDMI cables and I'm moving things around. I'm like fucking with the settings. I reset it to like factory settings a couple times to kind of like reset the whole process. Eventually, I just have to like redo everything and I get it set up in a different way. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is doable for now. Uh, but I start playing the game and it's like game mode on and the screen goes black in the middle of fucking Fortnite, and I get killed and then it's like game mode off and then screen picture comes back and I'm like I'm not doing anything to it I'm not touching it okay I'm simply playing Fortnite, and I'm like okay well that's it just happened that's a one-off thing that's okay 
things happen. It's weird. Continue to do it like eight more fucking times where out of the blue, I'm not touching anything. I'm not doing anything but playing Fortnite like a normal Fortnite player does. And it just keeps going game mode on, game mode off. And the picture keeps disappearing and disappearing and disappearing. Okay. Can I, can I stop you there? Yes. Good. So, um, oh my goodness. There's so many things. One, you can't, I mean, you almost need to return to TV if, it, if the HDMI thing is an issue for you, because it's not going to uh, keep the memory of your right. systems because right. you only have two ports. So that yes. switcher's fucked and that's what's fucking you. Okay. So my, my, I, by the way, I have a Samsung and I have a smart TV, which is why this is very interesting. I think I have a 50 or 53 or something like that. All right. All and right. it's, it knows the Xbox and it knows the PlayStation and it's never going to forget them because I have four inputs, right? Ah, oh, lucky. Well, lucky. I mean, I knew that I needed that. I knew that that was going to happen. And I knew I, also I mean, that the smart TV. I wanted more than that. But like, you know, I had to get what was there, man. They didn't have one that had more than that. Well, you could have waited too, because then if you did, you know, you might have. Well, I mean, I thought the switcher would take care of it. Well, it won't. Does. It won't. I'm telling you, because the smart TV does that. It tries to assign it to a port, which is, oh, again, it is weird and quirky how it works, but that is how it works. So that fixes your problem or doesn't fix your problem. It's not an actual issue. It is the switcher that's doing that. Secondly, the game mode you can easily fix, and I can help you uh, like it's off the podcast. But it's just a um, in the settings mode. You just turn that off for good. Oh yeah, I did. I did. The first thing I did still but happens. It still it, happens. Yeah, I, I can find the menu for you. There's another place you're probably not turning it off. You can turn it to off totally. It, it should not come back on unless you choose to have it come back on. Yeah, that um, was bullshit. And the other thing, the other thing. But <laughs> well, I just told you a fix for it. There, there is a fix for that. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. Fine. Um, the other thing that happened was as I was playing it, when it was working, I'm sitting there. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. Like this is totally my luck, right? I'm sitting here playing it. As I'm watching it, the screen is getting darker and darker and darker what? and darker. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's like auto adjusting for ambient room light. And I'm like, please oh, don't. Oh my goodness, that's please also stop. a setting. That's also I don't, a setting. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need you. I don't need you to do fuck all anything except for fucking show this goddamn game because that's all I'm trying to do. You are so fucking smart. You're going to get me to throw you out the goddamn window because you're not being a TV. I'm sorry, Brad. I was just trying to help. Don't throw right. me outside the window. Well, here's here's where we ended up, all right? So, like, I'm trying to get all this stuff done. It's stressing me the fuck out because games are supposed to be my chill-out time, and I'm eating up all of my game time fucking with these settings, and the screen's going dark, <sighs> and it's going black and everything. I yank the fucking thing off my shelf, and I'm like, you're going back in the box, bitch. I got the receipt, and I'm going back to the store after this podcast. As soon as we wrap wow. this podcast, it's going back to the goddamn store, and I'm okay. picking something that's not so fucking smart. So I will help you, and I'll text you. Text me when you're there if you want. <laughs> but for one thing, just get those four ports. They definitely have plenty of HDTVs with four inputs, Yeah, but right? I'm not the end of that size. So hopefully they got something more in stock because they were out of a couple ones. No, no, I'm just saying like they yeah, have yeah. four HDMI in any size. Oh, yeah. It's not like that. It's, not like the, it's based on a bigger TV. Mm. So... So that's important. I can help you with, if you get a Samsung again, you don't need to. I'm not going to get one okay. at all. No. But e either way, a lot of smart TVs have those game modes because they're trying to use it for refresh rates right, and for right, people right. who want to like see things quicker. You can usually turn them off. It, lots of times they're in embedded setting menus for so people listening. Um, if you don't think you've found it in the, like the general input se section, there's usually like an expert setting. Uh, which is weird because it's called expert setting. I yes, know. I did. I did find the expert settings, and I, okay. I, I I had a very bitter laugh about it. Okay. Anyways, so that being said, uh, hit me up if you need to. But also, um, there's just so many new uh, brands of TV as well. So don't think that you have to have like the brand name you you know of. You know, 
I mean, I've had good luck with Vizio. We had a couple other ones in the house. I've been very happy with those so far. I think, and in fact, that was my first choice. That was the one that I wanted, but they were out of stock. So, well, Vizio is Sony, and um, it's like an imprint of Sony. So, oh, Subsys. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever they're doing, it's working for my other TVs. So, yeah. I think I'm going to keep it in the same family. Okay, so if real they've quick, got it in stock. So, the other one I get, I just tell you, and again, yeah. we don't need to be doing this on the podcast, but for anybody listening as well, uh, I still think that the Samsung TV is a good TV, but it's fine. You had a bad experience. Um, the, so, the Vizio is good but also the insignias right now uh, oh yeah the, uh, yeah i've had one of those before yeah those the 4k good. insignias yeah. and they're yeah. usually pretty cheap so all right well text me and again some of the smart tvs have features you just have to turn off i'm I, man okay. i'm not none of that shit man this i is know garbage. but you have to you I have need, to turn it off and then also the dumb tv the dumbest <laughs> tv there is the the four hdmis will solve a lot of your other things Probably so. Probably. Let's so. move Maybe. on and talk about. Oh, geez, Louise. We have. That's more all I got. About. You got anything else for housekeeping? Yeah. Just one more thing was that thing I want to go back to with the tweets about Returnal. Oh yeah, we'll get back to the end of the show. So put a pin in. Oh, that for it now. won't even go to the beginning of the housekeeping. It's you push it all the way back. Yeah. No. I mean, we can. Talk, I mean, yes, we can talk about it now if you want to. We can bring it up now. You want to talk about it now? Oh, you had it like on notes for the end of the show. Yeah, I was going to schedule us talking. Well, let's talk about it now. We're Good Lord, about let's it. just get the audience okay. doesn't care anymore. Let me set it up. <laughs> They're like, we're not waiting at the end of the fucking podcast. I know. The audience is like, will you just fucking get to it, please? All right. So anyway, I know you talked about Returnal a while ago. You you started off really hot on it, then you cooled off really quickly. I know the game has a reputation for, number one, not having a save state and for difficulty, for crashing, all that stuff. Um, But it looked a lot like my jam, right? Like it's third-person action. It's a roguelike. Um, You know, it's it's got a lot of things that are... um, checked off for me which is good uh, i would have bought it on day one except for it was like 70 bucks which is ridiculous uh, but gamefly sent it to me which is great so i got to play it and that was what uh what got me on it now i know that you you want to just refresh this real quick where you ended up on that uh for the how i felt about the game yeah we're, i'm assuming you didn't finish it yeah i didn't because i just bounced and and based on some of the stuff i'll talk about right now with the tweets that i put out it's just that again beautiful like i was saying earlier and uh the controller stuff feels great but like the actual core gameplay loop was so long and so arduous. That's a good word for it. Good word. That I didn't feel like I wanted to go back because I just spent all this time. And in my mind, it just felt wasted because I wasn't really winning or getting anything that was helping me too much. It was like these small upgrades. Um, We'll get to this in a minute. Tiny upgrades. Tiny upgrades. We'll get this in a minute. But like Phil was saying and some other people, trying to defend that part of it, they were saying, well, then, you know, at some point you open up shortcuts. I opened up all the fucking shortcuts. You still have to get to the end boss. And when you get to him with all your shortcuts, you still fucking die a lot because he's got like three health bars and it's insane. So, and that's just the first world. Right. 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 So what kind of crazy person, no offense to everybody who loved it, but (laughs) to me, I just can't understand how you'd want to play something that's a roguelike type game where it takes so much of your time, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot. We don't have a lot of time at some, t- you know, p- parts of our life to play games. Seven minutes. So you have like yeah, less and less of your time, and I just felt like I was wasting my time, and it didn't feel like I was getting the uh, entertainment value or progress out of something that I had spent so much, you know, that I invested so much time in. Yeah. That's no, I, I mean, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I I'm still playing it now. I'm playing like maybe like one or two runs a day. Um, but I, I mean, I agree with that. And I think that the philosophy, I mean, so here's the thing. So Phil Hornshaw jumped in on Twitter. Phil's a great guy, smart guy. I like Phil a lot. He is apparently a returnal expert, which is cool. Tip of the hat to that. And he wrote a bunch of articles about it. And he, he sent me some links to some of the articles and I read them and I, I think they're very cool, but I, I still kind of fundamentally disagree with him, but in a very like respectful way. Right. Cause he's a good guy. Um, but you know, his take was basically like, you're not supposed to do long runs. 
you're supposed to just play for short bursts and every time you you play for a short burst i guess i don't know like you just make a little bit of progress or something like i mean i hear what he was saying but at the same time i don't necessarily agree with that because like you were saying returnal gives you so little when you play it's it's really strange i feel like um housemark the developers are kind of swimming upstream on this one i feel like they wanted to break away from the traditional um system of roguelikes right now where you have a lot of permanence that keeps players going right like back in the day you get a total wipe you just start from the beginning square one that was like super hardcore and really quickly people realized nobody really liked doing that but if you give people carrots to work towards like oh i didn't beat the game but i unlocked a brand new gun that i could start with next time and this gun's dope or oh i unlocked like three more health bars so that like the next time i play i'm going to get that much further because i have that much more life like those little things are really smart and that's what's making the genre so popular right now I mean, roguelikes are having the biggest boom they've had like since they've been created. They are yeah. they are more popular now than they've ever been in the history of the roguelike genre for a reason, because people have figured out a really good formula for that. And I feel like Housemark is swimming upstream. They're like, we don't want to do what everybody else is doing. We're going to do something different. And I respect the, the desire to want to do something different. But this to me feels like somebody going, cars are great and I like cars, but every car has got four wheels and that's boring. I'm going to give my car three wheels. Yeah. And not in a tricycle formation. I'm just going to take one wheel off. They have those. (laughs) That's a real thing. (laughs) I know, but like not that one. I'm just taking one wheel off and that's it. That's what we're going to do. Because like there's not very much progression. There is some progression, but it's so microscopic. It doesn't really give you boost. Like you're unlocking some random drop that you might pick up. Like you can't start with a new gun. Like you're not starting with the life that you built up to. Like you're basically it's effectively starting from scratch every single time. And I played the, the entire first world of Eternal. I beat that first boss. Very lucky win. I almost didn't yeah, do that. That, that was very boss. close. It was, I think it is three health bars, right? It's insane. It is, it's too much. Yeah, it's three it's health bars. Much. It's way too much. Yeah. Um, I, the, only way, the only reason I beat it was because I had found an item, the, the, the astronaut statue. Yep, which I had you that too. Yeah, and that's when I almost beat it, by the way. And I had the parasite, which also gives you an extra life. So yep. I had two extra lives. Yeah. Um, so that and I beat it by like a fraction, right? And so I got past that, got to the next world. I'm like, this is cool, and then I died. And then you come back, and like these shortcuts are not very short. I still had to get through a pretty good chunk of the first level, and then you get to the second level and you get killed right off the bat by something, and then you got to do it all again. And it's like, I, I. I just feel like they've set the bar like they're getting rid of convenience. That makes sense. They're getting rid of stuff. I don't know, just to be ornery, just to be get good. Like, I don't I don't get what you're getting in exchange for getting rid of those conveniences. Right. I don't think you're getting anything, honestly. Yeah. And, and to my point uh, as well, and to that point is what I said on Twitter, which, by the way, this we're referring to a huge Twitter thread that we were all me and Brad were on um, with Phil. Yeah. And um I basically said, like, I really want uh, devs to be able to put out their vision, right? Like, we're all about that. Right, exactly, sure. Um, But when that comes, like you're saying, at the expense of the player or where it just kind of, I don't know, it it breaks apart even maybe their vision because I'll say this. What I liked about the roguelike that they did, which was in the very first level, you see a house and you get this whole other kind of experience, which is like a first-person story bit. And I was like so in at that point, right? Very interesting stuff. Because I, and by the way, and that's the first run I did. And the first run I did is when I almost beat the boss. I was oh, like, really? Yeah, wow. yeah, I never, I don't think I ever told you that. I was I like, don't think so, this no. is my favorite game ever because like I was loving the shooting, I was loving the tactile feedback. I saw that story part, part. And then I almost beat the boss because I had the astronaut and I had some, I think I had a parasite. And so I had like a couple lives. And he had like, you know, a little fraction left of the third health bar. And I was like, how does he even have, a, you know, the third health bar? Right, right. And I died. And then the second run, as you know, you like just do worse, right? 
and totally. I just like fucked off and I died like immediately or something. And so to my my point is that if you're going to do something differently and change the, the game up a bit, um, for this game, it seems story driven, right? So they really focus on the story. Even every time you die, they kind of show you a little bit different, a cutscene, And then you do the story thing in the house. If I'm doing this game for months, right? Because I think that's what's going to happen, weeks or months or whatever it is, and getting very little progress, I'm going to forget this fucking story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Or yeah. it's not going to be like what they... I think it's a misfire because I really do think it's... um a lot of good intentions, but I'm going to like be so out from the story because I'm like just like anxiety panic attack at level two, three with this worm monster, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. like they just failed that part for me because now I don't even, what happened in the house? I can't remember. Something happened in the house about an astronaut. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Do you see I mean, what I'm saying though? That's my point. Yeah. Is no, that I, like I, you, I agree you've you. lost me on whatever interesting difference this was because of that. Well, and to be honest, I think they've lost a lot of players, except for like the most dedicated, the most hardcore. I don't know if I'm in that basket yet. I might be. Maybe I won't be. I don't know. But I mean, here's I mean, here's what's going for it, right? Like, it looks great. Graphics are great. It feels I feel, great, I think too. It, it feels great. Like, playing this game, I turned off the haptic stuff. I don't like that stuff. Oh, I loved it. I turned it all off. It still controls it. fine. I changed the controls around. I didn't like the haptic triggers. That was all bullshit. But if you like it, that's cool. For me, not a good fit. But it plays great once you turn that stuff off and just play it like a regular game. Totally comfortable. Character moves around, super nimble. I, it feels very intuitive. I think they've got the physics dialed in. The shooting feels real good. I mean, it looks great. And I think the systems are pretty good in general, just how a game kind of just basically functions. Um, but I don't think that they're... I mean, a lot of people bounce where they're like, I just I can't make any progress. I'm not getting any further. I can't, you know, I can't get, you know, uh, anything worthwhile done in this game. And I'm going to bounce. And I feel like a lot of people bounced, right? Yeah. I mean... I think they're too harsh with the roguelike elements. I think that there's nothing really lost by... Oh, so, for example, I get through a couple levels. I find the pulse rifle or whatever it's called. And I'm like, whoa, this weapon's amazing. I feel like I'm really good with this weapon. I feel like I'm, I'm performing better with this specific weapon. Um, this feels good. Die. Come back to the start. You lose the weapon. It's like, well, why can't I start with that weapon? Because Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I want to keep going. to make. I feel like I'm making some kind of progress. And I feel like, uh, you know, just completely wiping that really feels bad. And... Again, there's also no saving either. And I don't know that anything is really gained by the no saving except for like a totally get good attitude because the other night I was on a good run, uh, made it to the second world in the desert and I was like, I had some stuff, had the good parasites on me and I was like, everything's rocking and rolling. And I look at the clock, it's like 3.30 in the morning and I'm like, I got to get my ass to bed, but I can't save. I want to, you know, and people are like, well, just put it in rest mode. Well, why do I, why can't I just save? If the developer is telling me, and again, they tell you, Right when the game turns on, if you need to pause, put it in rest mode. Why? Yeah, I know. What is that, the what? It's why, what is the value it's superfluous. Of that? And I'm gonna use another fun word: superfluous. Yes, uh, that's also a good word. Because it, it literally is the same, right? If it is it, exactly the same. The only difference is that your your PlayStation might turn off because of a power surge or something. Or your your data will corrupt because of weird shit. Because rest mode is buggy as fuck, dude. So right. it's like, why are you telling me to put it in rest mode when you could just as easily? Like every other roguelike on the planet, yeah. let me return to... Ma I'm not saying save scum it or anything. Like, not save and reload if you die, but just, like, 
let me pause and go to the menu. And when you go back to the game, that save deletes. Uh, it's just it's, like every roguelike. It's very common. It's, it's very not even, common. A, it's not even a, in my point, a point. That's why I've never even debated it on Twitter. <laughs> like exactly. it, it, people started talking about that part of it. And I just didn't even want to like reply because there is, there's no, there's no uh, defense to that at all. Like, I agree. It's, just, it's called saving the game. You know, I agree. There is no defense to it. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like housemark is just, kind of obstinately making choices that everybody else in the industry agrees are good choices, but they're not going to do them for whatever reason. I don't think it serves the game well, which is a shame because if there was a little bit more progression and if you could save your game, this would be a pretty rad game. Like I feel, yeah. I think it feels good. Looks good. Great character. Great story. Interesting stuff. This should be like a, a marquee game for the PS five. And yet most people who play it fucking bounce because it just keeps players out. Like what do you, what is the developer shooting for here? You got to keep your vision so intact. You're going to lose all your players. That's stupid. But again, let's just not make it even bigger than it is. People make games and then some are good and some are bad and some are good parts of it and some are bad parts of it. I've made games and I go, well, that part was stupid. Why the fuck did I do that? I'll make another game, right? Like it's just creating things. So like I think that maybe they learn, they'll learn from this and they will add a fucking save game to the next whatever or even patch it in. I don't think it's really difficult to fucking make a save uh, at this point, because they're just using that as rest mode anyhow, right? So they're yeah. they're triggering the save point at at rest mode, so they could just uh, patch that in. But I don't. I just think it's like whatever. Like um, I again, I like the game for a lot of reasons. Uh, I won't probably ever play it again, and that's yeah, something you have to learn from. I think for for a certain subset of players, I just think it's really disappointing. I feel like I am very disappointed more than anything else because I feel like this game has the potential to be really cool. I feel yeah. like it could be a really, really good game, but they just made these boneheaded choices that just really take away from it. And it's, it just makes me sad, man. Like, I really wish I could get behind this 100%. I mean, I'm still playing it. I haven't completely quit it, but like every time I get to the end of a long run and I get knocked back to zero, I'm like, man, this this is not a good feeling. Like, you know, and I play every roguelike, dude. You know, I'm Mr. Roguelike. You are Mr. Roguelike. It's not like I'm unfamiliar with the genre. I just feel like these guys are intentionally ignoring stuff that has already been established for what reason? couldn't tell you yeah so, anyway. moving on but uh I did, on. I did enjoy the debate and i like uh i like debating you know so i'm a big fan of it but um yeah my point is is very simple i think it my point is similar to yours and a lot of other people is that um what am i doing this for and, and why yeah. is there no safe yeah all right so that is returnal um i may talk about it again maybe not we'll see what happens so uh, boy, we have taken up a lot of time on the show. With just I know our, it's a full uh, podcast. Of it is a, we're basically in a full podcast. I don't know. I mean, we got a lot of stuff left on the docket. Maybe we should cut some of this stuff for next week. What do you think? Let's just let's just move and see where we're at, and uh, okay. let's start with one game, and then just take it from there. All right, we have a bunch of Xbox demos. Last week was the Xbox Summer Game Fest demo event. They dropped, I think, I don't know, like forty-ish demos. Uh, it was real hard to find them. They didn't do a good job of surfacing those on the Xbox homepage. No, they didn't. Uh, it was really tough. And in fact, uh, somebody told me that uh, Major Nelson put out a tweet saying, if you want to find these demos, you have to go to the search bar and search for ID at Xbox. That's real bad marketing. Like, you don't want people to have to go to a search bar to find the thing that you're trying to pimp that week. So thumbs down to whoever it is at Microsoft decided to bury that stuff in the menus. That was a real bad choice. Yeah. But the game demos, I mean, I don't know about you, dude, but like most of them, pretty awesome. Pretty great. I didn't play as many as you because I kind of focused on like five and then just played like the shit out of them. Like I try to like finish a lot of them. So I did finish a couple. And so I can talk about, yeah, a few. But I know you played more than me, I think. 
I played almost all of them, um, and most of them I think were really, really excellent. It was a very strong showing this year. Uh, but why don't you kick us off? Why don't you give us a couple that you really liked, and we'll talk about it. Well, uh, the first one I really, really liked, and I didn't think I would like it as much because I played a demo of it at PAX, to call back to the PAX, is Tunic. Tunic, uh, yes. Yeah, and I played it, I don't know, two, three years ago uh, at PAX, I believe. Yeah, it's been around for a while. It's yeah. been around for a while, and it's basically like Zelda, but you're a fox, and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past style. The top-down style. Top-down style. And then it's uh, got like what people are saying, a Souls-like feel to it and the fact that it's difficult. It's not just as easy as hacking and slashing and cutting all the weeds down. But it's also, I think, much less difficult than a Souls game, which I was excited about because the art and aesthetic is beautiful. They even have like the pause menu is like an old-school Nintendo like booklet, which looks really cool. And I just loved it. I like really liked it a lot more than I thought. Um, I kind of understood the systems, which is essentially, you know, you, there's certain monsters that are much diff more difficult, like in a Souls game. And if you don't have like a better weapon, they just probably don't fuck with them. Uh, but you don't, they don't just come over to you and kill you immediately. It's like you, like a Zelda game, you have the choice of this huge overworld, right? And you can decide, you could see those monsters on the map and go like, oh, I'm not gonna go fuck with them. But then at some point you get a better weapon and you can. And it just felt like I was leveling up at a good pace. So I never felt like, you know, oh, man, I'm just going to keep dying at this spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you feel the same way? Did you, you played it, right? Yeah, I mean, everything you said, basically just ditto. I like the way it looks. I think uh, it had a good I, – I mean, I don't know that I would even call it a Souls-like. I think it just has combat. And I think we're kind of relying on Souls-like too often these days. I think we got to be – We are, but I just meant like it gets it gets difficult, and then you like can lose your shit too. No, I mean, and you're, you're not even remotely the first person to call it a Souls-like. Right, right, So right. I'm not trying to rag on you. I mean, yeah, everybody yeah. that says Tunic in the same breath says Souls-like. And I, I don't know that it is really, but I like the way it looks. I like the way it feels. It's definitely going to be one that I am going to check out for sure. Yeah, I am too. Uh, we both played Lake, right? Yes. And yes. that was kind of relaxing, and it felt like, um, what do I always say? It's, it sounds like Life is Strange, kind of, where you're kind of finding, finding out about characters in a town, but you're delivering mail to them in a mail truck. And it was a little buggy for me, but um, not the finished version. I don't know. It was relaxing for me. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely super excited about this one. I mean, the idea of playing a lady going to get away from her bustling city life and becoming a taking over what her dad's mail route for like yeah. a month or something around this lake. Super interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing like just meeting people in the town. No focus on combat, although that would be like amazing if she like pulled out a gun and started shooting people at some oh, point. Oh, jeez. Doing like bullet time, like leaping. No, that's not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm just joking. Um, I think it would be really cool just to talk to people and just do your, your mail route. I think there's some peace to be found in regularity and routine. So I'm, I'm really curious. I love games that kind of do something different. And we often talk about wanting to have an RPG set in the real world. I don't know oh, if this yeah. is an RPG. It's not really an RPG. It's game, not. It's a story-based game. It's a story-based game. But just yeah. the real setting of like, I'm driving a mail truck and I'm delivering mail and nothing crazy is happening today. And there's no monsters and no aliens and no zombies. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool change of pace. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm very much too. But uh, no offense to the developers because I, I like this game. We're both going to probably buy it, I think. Oh, yeah. But um, in the demo, I did get stuck in because I drove the mail truck like, I don't know, too close to the store and I got out. And by the way, technology works for me, not like you. But I also find every bug. So I, I must have some other bug energy with games because I do find every bug. And so I get out of the mail truck that I could park too close to the store. And this is crazy. This is a third person game, right? You move, yes. you can see your little character. I got stuck in first person. 
<laughs> I was like, wait, how can I move in first person? I don't think that's supposed to be a thing. Oh and I couldn't get out of it. And the only way I got out of it was by getting to the mail truck again and, and going and getting a package out. And then it put me back into third person. Ah, that is funny. So th- clearly they need a little bit of work, which is fine. Yeah, it's a demo. Uh, clean up that demo, get that thing in polished, good shape. I'm, I'm all about it. As soon as it comes out, I'm putting my money down. The only other main one I played, because, uh, oh, I Death Trash, which we talked about last week. Love Death I Trash. That's my favorite of the whole bunch. And I played longer than you because I got to parts that I won't tell you about. And I really played the shit out of that demo. I kept wanting to stop, but then I went back to it because it's just really fun to play. It's really good. It's really it's good. It's really, really fun. I can't talk enough about it, highly enough about it. Uh, and then the other one I played for a very long time, and I might have beaten it. I don't know. I got really close to the ending of it, is Sable. I'm so mad. I wanted to play this one so much, and it just slipped my mind. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, I'm so bummed. That was one that I was really looking forward to. So essentially, it feels like a journey, the game okay. Journey, if you played okay. that. Um, it's cell-shaded, uh, you know, kind of line-drawing style. Very, very simple, very, very few color palette. And you play as a character who's in this kind of deserty area who has a little town, and you're kind of like talking to them about stuff. And it just feels like a nice little almost meditative meditative as well because you're like in this little town in this middle of the nowhere and the, the tasks you have to do are so kind of like far apart and so you get a little bike and you have a kind of a, a like a what is it called like a, it's like a little speeder bike from speeder bike yeah exactly yeah. and it takes some time to get used to how to ride that too which is interesting and basically you're trying to like go to different little temples and i don't want to spoil things but you find stuff almost like a tomb raidery type game and it, there's like some puzzles in the environment, but everything feels like floaty, but it's good that it's floaty. And I don't really want to spoil too much. It just feels really good. And it's an exploratory game. It kind of reminded me of um, No Man's Sky in a way. Oh, okay. And, and okay, the fact that like it's such a vast, like at least the place I was in was so vast and huge. And then when I got to temples, like they seem really big. And yeah, it was just really relaxing and, and fun. And I, I think I'll buy it. I really liked it. I am bummed because I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. And I just got busy and one thing after another. And then it wasn't until you brought it up uh, pre-show that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot to play that demo. Uh, um, so that sucks. But I'm glad you liked it a lot. I'm very much looking forward to it. I've had my eye on it for a while now. Yeah. Um, there's been demos and videos. Um, I mean, at least a couple years, it feels like. So. I feel like I've seen this one for quite some time. Can't wait to give it a shot. I will say one, you know, slightly negative thing because again, it's a demo. But one, like I said, it takes a minute to drive, uh, learn how to ride that bike. I think they're going to fix some stuff with the camera because I can already hear you like yelling about it. Um, (laughs) Because like I can kind of like lots of times difference between us is like I'll just like adjust to like something, and then you'll be like, "It shouldn't be this way." I think that's our dynamic. That's a pretty good impression. In fact, I yeah. thought it was talking for a minute. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I just dealt with it. And you're like, it should not be this way, Carlos. <laughs> um, it's so weird to hear my own voice reflected back in his head. I know. Strange. And you're much more raspy than you probably remember. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, there's the they had some work to do with the camera. Once you get on that bike, it like changes. And it's probably not for the better. So Okay. Okay. Well, you, right. you played more than me. What's a couple other sp- uh, standouts for you? Um, I really liked Princess Farmer. Um, I've seen this one for a little while now. It's kind of like a, I mean, kind of like a Tetris. Not not even really like a Tetris. It's like, imagine Tetris, but instead of blocks falling down, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you are 
a farmer standing on top of the of the box, right? And so you're looking down on the. Okay, now I'm not. I am not explaining this at all. It looks Imagine, like Tetris. Tetris in the ground. It looks like Tetris, yes, but it's happening in the ground. In the ground. Uh, underground, and all the blocks are vegetables. So what happens is, uh, you pull up vegetables and you hold them in your hand and that moves the stack that's underneath you so you're trying to get like match threes right so like you're like oh here's two carrots but there's like a potato you pick up some carrots from the other side of the board walk over to that row and if you plant them it pushes down all the vegetables like the entire stack of vegetables moves down and then you can make a match and then you like pull up vegetables and replant them to kind of make matches there's also a cute story i think it's also a pretty queer friendly game i believe it's um uh, queer forward developers who are making it. I don't know the name of them off the top of my head, but it looks real cute. I think it's a really good spin on a Tetris style game. I can't say that I've ever played anything quite like it. So that was pretty interesting. Cool. That one is good. What else to play? Oh, one um, that I really liked a lot was the Rift Breaker. Uh, this is put out by a team, and I knew that I was going to forget their name. The last game they put out was amazing. It was one of the best I've ever played in the genre of active tower defense and Gosh darn it, I totally can't remember what it's I'll look it, it up, had, I'll look it up. It had a super generic name, which was the bad thing, because like the title was so generic, I forget it. But the game was phenomenal, like really, really good. Uh, so the Rift Breaker is a brand new game, not related to the last one, where you are a woman in a mech suit, and you get warped into like a new planet, and you are harvesting resources, killing the local wildlife, and basically just setting up the Earthling, you know, MO of despoiling the natural environment to like to to take over but i think that the story is going to be ultimately that maybe you don't agree with that i think you're going to have some problems once you start realizing you're ruining this new world but but story aside the mechanics of it are very interesting like you're running around this big mech suit um you're setting up perimeter defenses you're setting up like little mines to gather resources you're setting up defenses and stuff like that i think that's all really good and it's also again active tower defense where um the thing about that is you actually have a way to interact with things and to defend yourself, right? So, like, um, their previous game, do you know what it is? Oh, yeah. Uh, is it X-Morph? Yes, X-Morph. Oh, X-Morph. my God. Terrible title, but that game was fucking amazing. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, tower defense is not a, a genre that I like, but when you have active tower defense, meaning that you have a character that can run around the map as things are happening, that is a great formula. And this is, like, another iteration on that. Mm, so, interesting. really looking forward to getting this, like, kind of like a... You know, uh, setting up a base in the new world while you also have a mech suit, being able to run around and fight things while your towers are defending. That seems to me like a really good formula. And they did a f- so good in their last game. I'm going to play this. Like, I, take my money now because, like, you guys did such a good good, good job last time. I know this is going to be good. There's no way this can't be good. Okay, wait, hold on. So first off, uh, just like you didn't get to play Sable, I'm mad that I get to play this because I like very few tower defense games. But like you said, if you give me a character where I yep. can move around the battlefield, I'm kind of in. Also, they ca- they're calling this one an RPG, which means they're probably doing some sort of progression with your character. Which would be cool. Which is cool. And also, they made Zombie Driver, which I had a fun time with. I've never played Zombie Driver. Is it oh pretty fun? Oh, my goodness. You haven't played Zombie Driver. I have okay, never you played should, Zombie Driver. You should play Zombie I mean, just driving a car around killing a ton of zombies. It's okay. Like, it's almost like a, like a GTA style, right? Like top-down, old-school GTA 1 or 2, you know? Okay. Uh, wait, is it GTA one and two both top down? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, it's just that you're driving a car and like just with uh, putting more and more weapons on it and just destroying tons of zombies and stuff. It's it's really fun. All right. right okay. On, well, right that's on. cool. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a couple more here. Black Book uh, is actually one that I kickstarted a while ago, so I was kind of surprised to see it show up 
uh, in this demo array, but I'm, I'm glad to see that they've come along. It's coming from like one of those Eastern European countries. They're using their own countries like mythology. It's like Eastern stuff that I'm not really familiar with. Eastern European stuff, I should say. Um, you play a girl who is like a witch or she wants to be a witch. And so her grandfather's like, yeah, you should be a witch. We're going to go to the crossroads at midnight and we're going to hook you up with Satan and we're going to get you some powers. And they do, which Whoa. is kind of weird because it doesn't usually happen that way in Western games, right? So she full on like sells her soul to the devil, becomes a witch. She's not mad about it. She's like, she thinks it's all good. She comes back and it's kind of a, it's a turn-based deck building RPG where your spells are your cards, but there's like a, a, a world you walk around in. you talk to people, take their side quests, help them out with whatever. Um, the graphics are really cool and like dark and scary, uh, a little bit further than I think you would see from Western artists. Uh, it's very edgy and, and interesting. Uh, the combat system seems pretty fun so far. The only one thing that I will say about it, um, one thing I noticed was that I don't know if they're going to be doing a very good job with the localization. And what I mean by that is 99.9% .9 of American players or Western players are not familiar with this mythology that they are alluding to. And as I was playing the game, there were a lot of words where I'm like, I don't know what that word means. And right. you assume that I know what it means. I totally don't know what it means. Also, um, there were some challenges that came up where it's like, hey, test your witch knowledge. When someone gets sick in the town and they have a purple circle under their left eye, what does that mean? Oh, I got I'm it. Like, it means uh, possession. Possession. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it means you forgot to feed your chickens. Yeah, like, yeah. They were asking questions where I'm like, okay, whoa. Like, I, there's no possible way I would know this. So I'm hoping that they take that into account because otherwise I feel like that lack of cultural knowledge is going to be a little bit of a barrier to players um, who are not from their particular country. But other than that, like graphics look great. The tone of it is like really dark and, and evil and it feels pretty awesome. Uh, the concept is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm definitely in, I just like, I'm a little bit concerned that they're not going to, um, they're not going to localize enough. So we'll see. Right. Wait, hold on on that real quick. On that note, yeah. I just looked yeah. it up and, uh, it says the narrative is based on, um, Bali Chucks. Oh, hold on. I'm going to do this right. Bali Chuck. Nope. 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 Bali Chucks. Nope. Hold on. Bali Chucks. I can't do it. What's C H? I don't even like, know what you're. Okay, just do C H and K A S together. Chikas, Chikas. So Bali Chikas. What country Chikas. is it from? It's from Russia. Say? It's Russian. So oh, it's Russian. Okay. It's based on Russian uh, short stories that are allegedly true events of meeting spirits and demons. Ooh, even better. I love when they get a little bit of that reality yeah. peppered in there. That's pretty good. And uh, they're called Hypertrain Digital. All right. Yes, yeah, they they put out some good stuff. I've played some of their other games. They they put out games that really appeal to my particular sensibility. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, a couple of the quick ones here. Justice sucks. Recharged. This is one where you play a AI Roomba going around. Um, it seems like it's gonna be dumb. Uh, with all due respect to the developer, but like once I started playing it, I could not stop laughing. It was so over the top, like bloody and ridiculous. And right. what you end up doing is. You're a Roomba and you can, um, you know, uh, you you're small and kind of defenseless. So you kind of trigger other smart devices in the house to like attack people who enter your house. So like burglars break in and you're like, oh, I'm going to hit the super freeze on the fridge and it's going to freeze the guy as he's walking by the fridge. Or I'm going to uh, short circuit the TV and it's going to explode on him and it's going to hurt him real bad. And like, you know, you kind of do that stuff. So it's a little bit stealth because you're hiding. You don't want them to smash your little Roomba body, but you're also killing dudes. And it's just it was just really like over the top and really funny. That seems fun. Um, the Eternal Cylinder came out. Uh, very excited for this one. Uh, Ali Arkani, uh, one of the guys who writes for us at Game Critics, I think he's out of Iran, 
Uh, he loved this game and he was just raving about it. There's a preview up at GameCritics.com. Uh, I was surprised to see it here and I played it. I think it's great. I think he was dead on. There's this, you play this, these little alien guys uh, and there's a giant cylinder which is crushing your entire world and it's chasing you all the time. You have to run away from it. And if you don't run away, it's going to crush you. I saw, so the like, pre- I saw this somewhere. I don't know where I saw a preview of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there are things you can do to pause the cylinder to like, kind of give you a little bit of breathing room, but you can't ever like fully stop it. Yeah. So like you got to pause it, run around and do some stuff with your little alien buddies. You're like finding items, you're eating things. You can morph your body into like you eat something and you'll grow like flippers or you eat something else and you'll grow like electric hair or you can change your uh, abilities depending on the stuff you eat. And while you're doing that, the cylinder is like building up energy and then it comes back and it keeps rolling at you. It's really crazy to see that cylinder. It sounds weird and maybe not too impressive. But when you see it in the game, you're like, wow, that looks scary as fuck. And I need to get away from that, like ASAP. Very cool. I'm very much looking forward to that one. That one seems like super, super interesting. Um, the last, I got two more really quickly. Death Trap Dungeon, The Golden Room, FMV. FMV game for oh, us. I was it's excited. The remaster of it or something, right? I don't know. I think it's a brand new one. I think it's a brand new one. Oh. I've never seen this before. Uh, it's basically you are a person in a dungeon, and these are based on the Death Trap Dungeon books. Uh, by Ian Livingstone, I believe it is, and you just like watch some FMV, then you make your choices. The uh, the production quality was actually pretty good, but it seemed like interactivity was pretty low. I was I felt like I was watching too long for how many choices I was doing. Again, it's a it's a small section, it's a demo. Maybe the whole thing will be a little bit better. Um, but also the bummer thing was like when I made a bad choice and died, I went back pretty far, and I'm like I don't actually want to redo like all this stuff. I just want to go back to like maybe like. 20 seconds ago not mm. a minute ago yeah so eh, question marks on that one but i know that you and i both like the fmv games so maybe it's worth a look we'll see i know we keep trying to find like the one that's going to be our new yeah. uh and by the way eddie marson's in it who's doing the narration and he's been in a bunch of movies okay cool cool yeah. um gonna keep my eye on that one the last one i'll give a call out to is echo generation uh this is a top-down voxel uh, RPG based in the 80s, and it's simplified. Uh, There are some systems, there's leveling up, there's abilities to unlock, but it doesn't feel like super stat-heavy or crazy. Like, it's pretty approachable. Probably a lot of kids could probably play it, although they won't get all the 80s references. Uh, But it's really cool. Like, you are this guy in this small neighborhood. You can run around the neighborhood. You find items. You talk to people. They take your side quests. But everything is, like, really wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Lots of, like, 80s references in there. You eventually get your sister to go along with you. So you go on this like little kid based adventure, but there's people who are getting killed in your town and you got to find out what's going on. Things take a little bit of a dark turn at the end of the demo. Um, it just seemed really well put together, like very light and free flowing, pretty breezy. Like I never got stuck for too long, which was good. I didn't feel like the combat was too heavy. Um, it's not something for like RPG vets who want like something really crunchy to get into. But if you like the eighties, like that vibe, it kind of feels a little bit like stranger things, maybe. Or maybe, you know, like mystery in the town that kids solve that was like so big in the 80s and 90s, like that whole vibe. Or know? maybe Earthbound. I'm like, how are you not saying that this whole time? Because I haven't played Earthbound, so I don't oh, use that as a touchstone, right? Oh, I keep forgetting right? this is yeah. the worst thing that you've ever... They need to make it available on the Switch. Me. Maybe I would play it on the Switch, but I don't believe you can play it on the Switch, can you? Wait, if you can't play it on the Switch, that should be... That's a crime against humanity. I feel like you cannot play it on the Switch. I, I mean, I'll I'm do not my research. confirming that. This seems, this seems like that style of game, though, and that seems like right up it my is. alley. And that's why I was going to say this seems right up your alley. I was going to totally recommend this to you. Wait, but it's not out yet. This That was a demo that's not No, but keep available. your eye on it. Put it on your radar. Maybe wishlist it or something. Uh, put it on your pre-order you know, watch list or whatever you got. But I think this one seems to me like a very Carlos game. 
Wait, what was the name of it again? I forgot the name Echo, already. Echo Generation. Echo Generation, writing it down. Also, Nintendo would rather re- re-release Spanky's Quest than Earthbound. That's like an article I just read. <laughs> what is wrong with them? What the f- I just don't think I've never had an opportunity to play it. I remember back in the day, oh you're poor. You've only got enough money to buy one game every six months, or at least I did, and I bought Final Fantasy 2 instead of Earthbound, which, you know, valid choice. But I never got around to Earthbound, and like I don't know why they haven't okay. released it. There's been like multiple consoles they could have released it on, and they haven't. Tangent, tangent. I'm mad. I'm mad. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just looking at this article. Like, th- this is the other reason. Like, last episode, for the, you know, long timers who actually listen to all of our episodes will remember this. I, I said that I had, a- I had a real big problem with Nintendo, and you got sad or mad, probably both. Sad mad, yes. Both. Yeah, uh, there's another reason why I am fucking over them for right now. Like, I really just don't care. Like, it's not on my radar for gaming. Because they do shit like this. Uh, Ness is in Smash Brothers. Like, like this is one of the most beloved games by their fans. Nintendo fans. Yeah. There's no reason that it's not on their fucking store. Like, that's insanity to me. And, and you would think at least with all the fans, they would do like a remaster or a remake or something. It seems like money left on the table. It's so much money left on the table because like me and like everybody listening who knows that uh, the love uh, and passion they have for Earthbound, they will spend oogots of money going back to Ugats. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I yes. do a lot of callbacks nowadays. Callback. Working Callback. on these comedy sketches. So they're doing, they would spend Ugats of money on any fucking thing you gave them. Are you kidding me? Brad Galloway, listen up. Earthbound, this is a fictitious thing. Nintendo announces Earthbound Gold Edition. Comes with the book, right? Remember the original book? Oh, yeah. Comes with a fucking book. Comes with a Ness Amiibo, whatever the fuck it is. Sure, sure. $700, whatever. Everybody will buy it. So oh, yeah, you'll be sold out like in an, in an hour. You guys are fucking dumb. That's just straight up. I'm saying it right now. Nintendo right now, you make some dumb ass decisions, and that's I'm I'm done we, with the tangent. Oh, we agree geez. on this. I think it's it's beyond the pale that they haven't brought that. That's one of the most requested games. People ask for it all the time, and there's I think no there's re- also a sequel. People are asking for three. I've been waiting for. Th- We've all been waiting for three yeah. forever. Yeah, it makes no sense that fucking they just will dumb. not bring this over, even in its original form, even it on that be, uh, yeah that SNES should. thing they have on the on Switch. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You just release it on the SNES thing. But here's yeah. the thing: what they should do, and this is the last thing I'll say: complete edition release Mother One, Two, and Three, because Mother One had some differences than Earthbound. It, 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 if you're not familiar, Mother One was essentially Earthbound, but on the Nintendo. So the graphics were less, and they didn't do all the same type of quests as Earthbound. But Earthbound is essentially like a remaster of Mother One. So they should easily just put down Mother 1, Mother 2, which is Earthbound, and Mother 3, which we never got, and release that as a collection. Oh, my goodness. It would sell like hotcakes. I have never played Earthbound, and even I know that thing would sell like bananas. So Tangent over. Okay, let's move on. Are we done? Move on. Okay. We are done with the Xbox demos. It was a great, great it festival. It was great. Uh, good selection. I just, man, Xbox, get your shit together, and please surface that stuff properly next time. I feel like a lot of these demos, people didn't even know were there which is a shame. And also, how about this? PlayStation, let's get your demo game up a little bit, right? Absolutely. Let's move that up. Let's make it happen. Uh, Because obviously there's a Summer Game Fest. There's all these types of uh, events and like PAX is coming up. Do a showcase like Xbox did because I played the shit out of like five games, right? And I rarely do that with demos. But A, they picked a bunch of great games and B, they made the demos pretty long. So yeah, I like what they did. I hope PlayStation does the same. Excellent. All right, let's move on. 
Uh, let's see here. Carlos, Minute of Islands. You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Let's both talk about that because we both are playing it. Yep. And then I'll talk about maybe Ratchet and Clank. And maybe you play one more game and then we're, we're out. Uh, yeah, we can probably make that happen. I don't know. I'm just trying to I'm getting ahead of myself. Minute of Islands. Uh, it was on my radar a long time ago because of the art style. I saw some sort of preview. Uh, I'm a sucker for a really cool. Uh, or both. We both love art style, but I do like Absolutely. the kind of cartoony animated uh, look as well. And 2D. It's a 2D side-scrolling adventure game. And yeah, I, th- I guess the this is the no. We're playing the full game. Yeah. It is a full game, yes. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's a demo out for it right now or not. I forgot. I don't think so. Okay, so we bought the game, or I don't know if you got a code, but I bought the game. Yes. And was very excited about it, and I guess I'm lukewarm on it. There's parts that I like and parts that I don't. You play as a a girl character, um, and the animation is very, very simple, but I like it. And you basically are going to... (laughs) This story is pretty convoluted. You're... In this world where you have brothers who are these huge giants, and that's just a thing. And there's a lot of stuff like that in this game where you're like, oh, well, then that's also just a thing. And you kind of go around these different lands with this little special staff that you have that has powers for reasons. And you're trying to restart generators to help your brothers, in quotes. They're not actually your brothers. They just they just work with you. Okay. But they're these huge golemy type things, right? Yeah, yeah. They are brothers... To themselves, but oh, they are not, not your, your brother. brother. Okay, got yeah, it. There you go. Anyway, so you're trying to help them by restarting these machines to get rid of this disease that's all over the place, which are like yes. spores. Yes. And then, like each little world area, you go and like turn these machines on, and that like cleans up the spores. And all the while, you're like looking at the devastation <laughs> that these spores are done. And like uh, we didn't mention, we didn't mention, but at the beginning of this game, they say you know, trigger warning for people with, you know, issues with anxiety and drama, trauma and depression, because yes. that's a part of this game as well. But what's interesting, and I'd love to hear your take on it, is it's very subtle how they layer that stuff into this game, where a good example is you, as you're walking through this world, you see a lot of death. And there's these cute little characters, like little in other the games, bunnies and stuff, the bunny chickens, things yeah. with antlers. And you're like, in any other game, that would just be adorable. But they're like slowly dying. And I shouldn't laugh. It's like horrific. You know, you see dead ones. You see ones that are about to die. And then yeah. later on in another stage, you see whales that have like literally grossly died. So I think they, they pepper in this kind of like sadness throughout the whole game. Um, I, I, you probably played further than me, I'm guessing. But I don't know what to what end that is. But in general, the gameplay loop is go to area, navigate area, look at really fun stuff on the screen, and then, you know, fix puzzle or something. But so I kind of, my lukewarm is that I kind of got bored with the process, but I was interested in the story. Your thoughts? I I ended up finishing it. So I did finish the entire game. Okay, okay, okay. I really like this game a lot. I like the art style. uh, I like the concept. Uh, it is a very unusual title in that you think it's going to be one thing, but as you start playing, like you said, like a lot of these elements come in uh, that there are like these giants under the earth and you're living in the middle of a fungal apocalypse and these giants are powering machines that keep you guys safe and you're the only person that can fix what's gone wrong. I mean, there's a lot of stuff layered in there that is kind of like big ideas, big concepts, and there's not a lot of like explanation. It's just like you said, like you just have to accept it as, for what it is. Um, and it's really 
to me anyway, I feel like the story is ultimately about the main character. Her name is Mo and uh, it's kind of like just her internal journey. I have some questions about how it all ended up. And I was actually thinking of maybe asking the developers about it. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but um, I will say that I do totally get where you're coming from in terms of like, uh, it seems like you know what the formula is going to be, and it seems like if that's just what you're going to do for the rest of the game, that'll be boring. I will say, though, that they, they do change the formula. Like, things happen that will change your expectations. Um, it doesn't play out exactly like the way you think it's going to play out. Um, that said, uh, I do think they could have gotten rid of some of the, the dream sequences. I don't know if you saw many of the dream sequences, uh, but they're kind of cool the first time, but then they kind of do them like maybe one or two times too many. And they're short. They're like maybe like three minutes or five minutes. It's not a huge offense. Uh, but those I felt like didn't really add a lot to the gameplay experience. Well, um, let me talk to that for a minute because yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. I went to one where it was underwater or something, right? Yes. Like, and, uh-huh. and so that along with, I mean, I really want to like this game. Okay. I want to put that out there. But that happened at a time where I was just trying to piece together some other narrative they were throwing at me. And mm. again, like you said, they don't really handhold you at all with lots of stuff. They're like, this is just how it is. Like, right. this is a place where this wine is, and why is it wine, and why is this person heaven, and why is that person my uncle? And I, you, just things that you're trying to piece together. And then that dream sequence happened, and that felt like a non sequitur. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, mm-hmm. but that didn't really tell me anything, and it made me more confused. So I kept getting that, and then I got to the whale island, and I got more confused. So, yeah, I should probably finish it because it's a short game, and I will, uh, to see what that kind of end piece is. I have a sneaking suspicion they're not telling you everything even at the end, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely not about like giving you answers. And that's not even really what the game is about. Like I think the game is really more of like a tone piece where yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of just getting the feeling of like what does it feel like to be in the middle of all this devastation? What does it feel like to be the one person who can solve this problem, but you've got your problems of your own, right? And the other thing, part that really comes up is like um, the fungus that you are dealing with uh, has killed a lot of people. And it may even be affecting you. Like, we're not even really sure if you are a reliable narrator or not. Like, your thoughts may not even be your own. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much about this, but I do think it's important to bring it up that, like, it, ultimately, I think this is about the main character's internal journey with herself. You know, how does she fit in with this system of the giants and the, the machines and stuff? But also, how does she fit in with the people who live on these islands? Like, their relationship has definitely taken some turns. Um, and there are some parallels, um, not only to that in real life, but also... To like to COVID too. Like I feel like it's kind of a really timely game in the sense that, you know, COVID is a thing in our world. The fungus is a thing in their world. Everybody's wearing a mask in our world. Everybody wears a mask in their world, except for your main character. Right. So what does that That's mean? Right. Why? Why is she the only person who doesn't wear a mask? What does that mean? So I think I get what you're saying, right? And I feel like um, it's not really about the specifics of the world, but more about like what does it feel like to stand in a graveyard of animals and to be the only thing left alive, and right. what does it feel like to get lost on this island and know that like, everything is on your shoulders and what happens when other people have problems with you or how do you solve your problems when no one's helping you and that kind of a thing. So I, I get what you're saying for sure. And I do definitely agree that it seems like you're going to be in for a very boring, straightforward kind of mechanical, like the puzzles are pretty easy and that kind of thing. But I think ultimately it's just about the feeling of tone and mood and it really worked for me. I really liked it a lot. I will say the ending didn't quite pop for me the way I was hoping it would have. But overall, I really, really enjoyed my time with it. It's probably one of my favorite experiences of this year so far. It really, wow, that's really connected with me. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked it. And, and to add to your thing, though, the thing I did feel, which I'm feeling more and more, and that's why I will finish it, is that it did definitely had that kind of Lynch feel where, like David Lynch, where it's similar to what you just said. It's like it's a tone. 
And obviously, David Lynch is not going to tell you what the movie means. You know, he never wants to tell you what the movie means. You're supposed to just kind of feel what you feel from it. And that's it. So I feel yes, like I was yes. getting a lot of that as well. Like, yes, I started feeling like, wait, I feel gross about something or I feel, you know, nervous for something. And like, yeah, at some point she's like, I don't need to wear a mask. And I was like, oh, maybe you should. You're coughing. Maybe you should put that mask on. Yeah. Lady. <laughs> I mean, she literally coughs and hits her chest as like a little animation. I was like, oh, that's not yeah. a good sign. But yeah. it, it is that kind of feel. Like when I was walking through like dead whales, um, that's just a feeling. Like there's no action to do. You know, yeah, you don't find like a, a, a gem in the middle of a whale or you're not chopping off a piece to use it for resources. It's just you're just there. Like, just you're just there. taking it yeah. all in. Yeah. So again, yeah. to its credit, it really is that. But to to counterpoint my own my own uh, attitude, <laughs> counterpoint my own point is that counterpoint your point. <laughs> to do that. But then the playability that that game loop still has to have some sort of interesting engagement. And I feel like if this game was a just a different style of game i might have been even more into it but for some reason i got tripped up on like what fucking platform to walk down on and that was a problem for me because like, right the way the game is presented in 2d it can be sometimes hard to tell like what's background and what's foreground it's navigating sure. a painting you know what i mean yeah. like you're looking yeah, at yeah. a painting which is awesome but you're like well, how the fuck do i get down there again and that that frustrated me more times than i thought it would like literally i had to put it down for one night because i was like oh I, I don't know where to go like I can't even get up there. Like I don't. Yeah. So that I think you know what I'm saying. Like that, the 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 the, the two feelings of this game are a little bit at odds with me, because I love the feeling of tone. So I will finish it. But I think that we're it, both saying yes to this game. Yeah, it's definitely a yes. I mean, it's not perfect for sure. I agree with. I mean, I agree with everything you said for sure. Um, but I just was really into the tone and the mystery and the mood of the whole thing. I think it hits some really, really good emotional moments. Yeah. Uh, some really good just bits here and there. And I feel like it's it's so weird and different uh, in terms of sensibility to most stuff. Um, I guarantee you it's not – it doesn't go places that you think it's going to go. I guarantee you stuff is going to happen that you're not expecting. All right. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I, I like it for that too. So definitely uh, a thumbs up for me for sure. I'll revisit it. All right. That is Minute of Islands. I believe it's on every platform in the world right now. Uh, Carlos, uh, talk to me a minute about Dark Alliance. I know that you were pretty hyped for this. I know a lot of people were excited about this. We went into like a half an hour rabbit hole on one of the previous episodes trying to figure out if it was related to the original Baldur's Gate stuff. Yeah. We did some Googling in real time. It was very exciting. Uh, we did our detective work. So it's out now. It's on Game Pass. Um, I haven't downloaded it because I got my hands full, but I know it's available. You spent some time with Dark Alliance. Uh, tell us... I mean, what happened? What 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 is it all about? What's it like? Wow, this game. I have no notes for this, uh, but it's all off the top of my head because I just have been playing it for the last two days. Freestyle it, brother. Do it. Yeah. Um, man, I don't... You don't sound excited at all. I <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like getting my thoughts together. I, I think that I don't like it, but <laughs> there are some really interesting things, and I did play it for longer than I thought I would. So this game is meant to be straight up developed to be a co-op experience, like a multiplayer. D &D. Like it should be a co-op thing. Yeah, yeah. This is what okay. it's made for. Because as I'm playing it single player, like I'm just noticing all these little, you know, accoutrement. Is that how you say that? I think the French say it like that. Yeah. Uh, like little details that are totally tailored to multiplayer. Jumping ahead real quick. Say you beat an area. It has like a tally up screen, like let's see what you, you, what you got from all that, which is kind of, again, I don't like, very gamey. And it's each one of your like, almost remember Gauntlet, you know, like yes, each one yes. of the little little screens in the, 
is like a character, you know, tally screen. And it's like, oh, it's just me tallying up my XP and all the things that I did because there's no other people in my party. Uh, so that felt like, oh, yeah, they made this game for a bunch of people. Do you feel like it's the difficulty is scaled toward a group? Like, are you struggling because you're all by yourself? We'll talk about that. I I don't think so fully, but in places it is. So uh, the game itself is third person close to the character style, right? So not far away, but close to the character. Kind of behind the back sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. A little closer. Not God of War, but almost. Okay. uh, Which is an interesting choice. And it's an action RPG, but mainly it's just an action game. It feels like, um, I think they made a 3D gauntlet. So it feels like that. Like you're upgrading at the end of, you know, runs essentially. Like, you know, you do this long, long kind of mission. At the end, you get this fucking bullshit tally screen, which I hate. And it feels very arcadey lots of times. But then again, I picked the Barbarian, of course. And I'm swinging my uh, two-handed weapon. I'm doing my special moves. It's feeling somewhat like an action RPG and not just too arcadey. And I did like a lot of the dialogue that some of the monsters were saying. There were kind of some smart humor in it. But essentially, the whole game feels like almost uh, Outriders-y where, like, you know what the loot is. You know what the, like, the points that you're trying to collect for a fucking upgrade when you get back to camp. You know, it's, it's more of that kind of a game than an RPG which is shitty to me. Like, I don't like that, you know? So I was almost already getting ready to bounce. But the loop felt good enough where I was, like, actually feeling good about, you know, the the, the attacks that I was doing. But then, I, again, as you're going through this whole mission, they're, like, broken up into, like, different stages. And one stage could be, let's say, 15, 20 minutes long, and then there's a boss at the end. And in that 15, 20 minutes, you're taking out minions, right? So it's, like, fun. Yeah. It's, like, pretty easy. But then you're getting resources, and I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to use those for fucking upgrading something, you know, looter shooter right, style. Right, right. And then there's another con- – uh, I don't want to call it Souls-like. We're not supposed to say that. But <laughs> there's a part where you get to, like, you've beaten enough monsters that say you can build a camp and rest, or you can just go for better loot. And that just mm. makes me sick to my fucking stomach. <laughs> like, that idea in a game, you know – I vomit. Like I just sometimes projectile vomit when I see that. So is it kind of like a risk reward thing? Risk like push reward on thing. if you want yeah, better yeah. stuff, or you can pause here and you're not you're gonna not get the good tier. Exactly, stuff. and it has no place in this style of an RPG, in my opinion. Okay. okay. But every time I rested, because you get to refill your health potions, right? So I was like, it's already hard enough. I'm a one person here. I'm just gonna do that. So I didn't, you know, get better loot or whatever. But then it also respawns enemies. Oh. Okay. And you go, gotcha. you, you go. Just, what was it? What were you saying earlier? Like Returnal? Like you go to what end? <laughs> like what you doing that for, Dark Alliance? Is it because I'm supposed to have four people with me or three people with me, and then we want to go back and like like I don't know, grind or something? Just grind some more, yeah, yeah. It's dumb as shit. Like there's like no reason to do that. So I goes okay, whatever. But it only responds to enemies like you've already passed, right? So as long as you don't go back, you're probably fine. Okay. Um, anyways, long story short, I get to the first boss and I died uh, pretty badly because, again, he had like a lot of hit points. And yes, the, the bosses seem geared towards having multiple players, but they respawn you when you die. But the first time I got respawned, I didn't have any of my health potions. And I go, well, I'm turning this game off. 
Like I'll, I'll oh, never weird. Yeah, I'll never... like you used them up and it didn't respond. Yeah, it didn't restock them when you came back. Yeah, yeah, it did. Now, uh, okay. here's what happened. I went back and you know you put games down like a roguelike and you went sure. back and I had a much better in quotes run the second time and I got to the boss and I had I don't know I just had better maybe gear or something and I beat him and mm. then the next time I went through another campaign or whatever I got to those bosses I died they did respawn my health potions. So Weird. I don't know maybe if that a was a bug. Yeah, maybe a bug, let's say. So and by the way, there was also like a lot of graphical bugs in this game. And this is it's out. So the like, you know, characters going through walls and weird shit. So there was uh, also some bugs there. So there's a lot to not like about it, but there it was kind of fun with the with the loop because I, I got kind of sucked into their bullshit loop, really, which is like upgrade your shit and you go back to camp, you know, whatever. So I had some fun with it. The second boss I beat pretty handedly. And I started feeling good about myself. And the third boss, I didn't. And again, way too many health bars, right? Like, for what reason? Just because if you're going to make this a multiplayer game with super big health bars, then just say it's multiplayer only. Or just scale it, man. Just scale it down. Or scale it. You're right. Or scale it. And I just don't feel I scaled it enough. Um, Even though I did beat that second boss with some good gear, I just don't like this type of game. And I heard another reviewer say that where, like, it's trying to do two things at once, similar to another game. It's trying to be an RPG with a fucking D&D license on it. You know, be careful. Don't, right. you know what I mean? That's like It's like the original RPG, man. Yeah, so it's not a fucking D&D game at all. I don't know what who they're trying to fool. It's an action-y, loot, arcade gauntlet kind of game. It's totally like Gauntlet, actually. More, but it sounds is it is it really run based though? Or I mean, are you building up a character over time? I mean, what is where's where do they draw the line on that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely go back home when you like either have died or beat the boss, and you upgrade your shit and you find loot. Again, that risk reward thing sucks because I was like selling shit, trying to upgrade shit, and I was like, I think I have the best weapon. Probably not because I didn't do the you know risk reward thing. So I went back to my next campaign and feeling like not super confident. And there, by the way, there's a skill tree and there's some like things you can upgrade, but all that feels very loosey goosey, you know, arcadey, and it just doesn't feel like I have a lot of um, what's control over the outcome. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I just better have a good run gotcha. and find gotcha. good shit, you know. And so, and again, there's tons of bugs, and yeah, I just don't think I like it. There's some interesting stuff here, and. You know, I'm always grasping a straw to like an RPG of any type. It's just not an RPG. It, yeah. It's an arcadey game that has some fun stuff. And again, didn't spend any money on it because of Game Pass. But Game Pass. Yeah. So that's All my right. review. I don't know. I don't think I like it, but I did play it for two days and then I might be done. Well, I mean, that's I haven't played it myself, but that's been kind of the consensus. I think it came out and everybody kind of like shrugged their shoulders and went meh and just kind of moved on. It didn't really make much of a splash. So it's not a Dark game Alliance, too. That's, that's it's funny because it threw us off so bad. They, why would you even call it that? Yeah, if it wasn't, why would they call why, it why, that? There's a million other words in the English language. Pick another another title. Well, because I, I think I know why now, because there there is a Dark Alliance in the game that is basically part of the story. Also, the story I could give two shits about. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty right. much noping out. All right, that is Dark Alliance. It's available on Game Pass. Is that the actual title, or is there is there a Baldur's Gate attached to it, or is you it just Dark Alliance? You could tell me. I wouldn't even remember Dungeon no and Dragon okay. something. I don't know. I think it's D and D Dark Alliance, isn't it? That might be what it is. Something. Anyway, 
A quick couple words on Griftlands, which just came out uh, maybe like a week ago for the Switch. It's been on a PC for a while. This is a uh, deck-building roguelike game, uh, very much in the spirit of something like Slay the Spire or something like that. Uh, You play a, I don't know, a grifter. Uh, They call them that. I guess you're just kind of like a mercenary, basically. Uh, in this like weird alien land and you're just kind of like out to hustle people and make money and get into fights and stuff um it's from clay clay entertainment who make a lot of uh games with some good strong visual style uh, i think probably most famous for mark of the ninja is it no that's not right is that the right uh mark they did the don't starve together they did or that don't one starve as well. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Mark, it's called Mark of the Ninja, isn't it? My, oh, remember, they did remember, do that. Remember? Yeah. Uh, Mark yeah. of the Ninja and Oxygen Not Included. And uh, yeah. 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 So those guys. Uh, the visual style in Grifflands is great. It is very like cartoony, but not too cartoony. It looks like it looks like kind of the adult sci-fi cartoon that you weren't supposed to be watching on HBO when your parents weren't in the room and you wanted to watch it. And it's maybe like it's kind of the kind of cartoon where like they'll like it's cartoony, but they're also going to like get topless and have sex in a few minutes. Ah. And people are going to like die in a real bloody, like, like heavy metal magazine kind of a thing. You mean you know? Eon flux, Eon flux, yeah. Little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Ralph Bakshi kind of a thing. Yeah. It's got that vibe. I mean, there's no toplessness or anything in this game, but like, that's the vibe it gives to me. Like that seventies weird. This is a cartoon. Aren't cartoons for kids. Ah, this is a cartoon for grownups. Kind of a weird feeling to it. Um, so it's pretty cool vibe. I like the art style very much. Uh, and so you, you start this character uh, there are two kinds of ways of interfacing with the world. You talk to people, and then once you get a little side quest, somebody will say, hey, I got a job for you. If you need some money, go uh, talk to this guy and either beat him up or get him to give me this thing. And you go talk to this guy, and you have either negotiation or you have combat. Uh, they both are controlled with a deck of cards, but they're like slightly different systems, and the deck of cards for each of those things is totally different. So like, let's say you like you want to do combat, you've got like, a knife card and you've got a gun card and you've got a punch card and you've got a block card and that kind of stuff. Pretty straightforward. But if you do the negotiation route, it'll be like strong argument card and, uh, you know, Oh really card. And like, you know, those kind of cards where they're all about like trying to like finagle somebody to agree with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're basically just like two different kinds of combat with two different kinds of cards. Uh, I think the negotiation is definitely more complicated than the combat. Combat is pretty much straightforward, a block attack kind of a thing. Um, so that's a pretty cool system. Um, I think the graphics are really cool. The part where I fall down on Grifflands a little bit, and I did finish it. I finished it with one character, and I'm still kind of in the middle of a run with the second character. There's ultimately three characters. Um, it's really complicated, and they do a terrible job of tutorializing, and I think that their UI is absolutely abysmal. Uh, I was playing this game for like hours and I still had no idea what some of the things on the screen meant. And there was a lot of terms that were being thrown at me that I had no idea what they meant. And to be fair, you can click on buttons and it'll be like, if there's um, a, a hyperlink in this paragraph, you can click on that button and it'll tell you what that hyperlink word means. You can click on characters to look at their status. You can click on certain things on the screen to find out what they actually do. So it's like the information's there, but it's a lot of like, None of it's at a glance, right? Like it's always like everything is like two menus deep and nothing. You can't just look at the the screen and realize very clearly what's going on. So like contrast that with Slay the Spire where it's not as complicated as Grifflands, but like everything is really great in the UI. You take one look at the screen. You already know who's going to be attacking and for how many points. You already know how much defense you have. You know how many cards are in your hand. You just got to look at the screen really quickly. And if you forget anything, you can click on it. But 90% of the information you need is right there. 
in terms of Grifflands, super not the case. Like I was constantly going into menus being like, what does this card do again? What does that word mean again? Mm. Wait, what kind of resource do I need for this? Wait, what is this thing? Like I got like it just does a terrible job of tutorializing. In fact, it was so bad I started going to like uh, Reddit message boards and I was going to GameFAQs and I still couldn't figure out some things. I was talking to Mike Susky, uh, writer at Game Critics. He actually likes this game uh, a lot, uh, probably more than I do. I, I like it, but I think he likes it more. Uh, and I was like, Mike, what the fuck is going on? You got to You got to help me with this, bro. And he's like, Oh, here's this thing. And he kind of talked me through it a little bit. And between the two of us, we were figuring some things out. Although I really uh, am grateful to him for his help because I was going insane because I couldn't figure out what the game was even trying to tell me. Like it just, I just didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. We've said it. Yeah. We said it before. UI is so important. It's super important, right? Like it's too important. And just like, I just feel like ultimately this game is too much. Like I feel like there is too many systems, too much information, too many words that have these other meanings, too many like resources. I feel like this is a really awesome game that has like maybe three levels of stuff too much. I think if they cut some of this stuff away, and I, I realize as a developer, like you want to keep everything in. You like the detail. You like all the, the stuff you made. You worked hard on these assets. Like I get it, but I feel like it's it's too much. And it, the game would ultimately be better if they trimmed it back a little bit because I feel like the core of what's here is really good. I think the characters are great. It's got kind of a story. Every time you do a run in this game, it gives you like a slightly different story, which I think gives it good legs for replay. I think the systems are solid. I just like it's just too much to deal with. And it's kind of like really clunky to play. So I don't mm. like having to like click two menus deep every single time I'm doing a move because I want to be sure of what I'm doing. It's just it's too much, right? Like it needs to be slicker and faster and easier. And I feel like that's where it gets tripped up. But it is ultimately a good game that I enjoy. I just I want it to be a little bit better. All right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about replayability. And it seems like you can get different stories then because if you've already went through it once, you want to. What's, what's oh, the dude, reason to yeah. go back again? Every single time, like people people that liked you in one run will hate you in the next run. You make one choice in one run. It's like a totally different choice the next time. Like like different events happen. So it feels genuinely pretty different every time you do a run, which is not an easy thing to do with story-based games like this. Um, so kudos to that for sure. Yeah. Um, I just My problem is just like the UI and the mechanics. I just feel like they need to just – they need an editor to come in and be like, look, you got to just get rid of these 10 cards. You got to get rid of this extra system. You got to clean this all up, and it's going to be so smooth and polished. It would be like amazing. But cool. it's still pretty good, just a little bit of problems here. Like less is more, would you say? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And again, for people who are either new to the genre or bad at the genre like me, um, you need like the most help you can get. And also it needs to be the kind of simple – to understand by the way fun sand tangent i just thought of i don't yes. think maybe okay i might have only finished one roguelike ever and uh i know you finished like a million of them because you're mr roguelike but what's the one that i like with the dungeon legend of keepers legend of keepers yeah right. that is a good one so that yes. one i finished right because you do i've done many runs in that so yes you can finish and that. i yep. think there's another card game that we talked about in the show that we had those funny characters but that doesn't help anyways i think i finished that one <laughs> But maybe two then of my, in my entire life. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it's really got to be a special game. That's why I'm so far away from Returnal because I'm like, hey, listen, this is a simple like pixel-based one that I can, yeah. you know that isn't difficult I can't finish. So anywho, but it seems interesting. And like you said, replayability could be good for a lot of other people. It's, it's really good. I would say this is a game for people who are very comfortable with deck builders and especially with deck, deck building roguelikes. Like you, I feel like you have to come to this with a lot of knowledge already under your belt. Otherwise you're probably going to get super lost and not really have a good clue about what's going on. So right. if you're a pro at this genre, give it a shot. You're probably still going to need an FAQ or a wiki. Um, if you're a newcomer, definitely go for something like slay the spire. Instead, this one I feel like is, it takes a lot of chewing to get through it. 
All right. Get your teeth ready. Right. Get uh, those teeth ready. Ratchet and Clank, Carlos. Ratchet and Clank. Let me do that and one. Clank. Let me do that one. And then maybe you do one more, and then we could be we could call it. That's a day. all I got for this show, but we can do your little Mass Effect bit. We can talk about Mass Effect. Oh, right? good, good, good. We'll close this out nice and strong. So Let's first go. off, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart, and uh, it's a big game, and it's a PS5 exclusive. Yes, indeed. And it's uh, using all the powers of the PS5, and it's got a fancy haptics, which you don't like, but I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of things <laughs> to like about this game. I feel like there's a big butt coming. There might be. Oh, shit. Um, and uh, it's uh, this is just my loose, again, no notes for either of these games. Oh, dude, I can hear you cooling off on it already. Ooh, watch like it, watch already, it, watch it. I'm it's a, getting cold. I'm going to stack it up from some heat, though, first. Oh, shit. The graphics are beautiful, okay? Yes. The graphics yes. are very, very nice. Um, I might have be, I might be a problem. Uh, it might be my own problem. But because I am very, very fortunate to have a PS5 and Xbox Series X and a PC that can handle okay graphics, um, I am a little bit spoiled when it comes to graphics. So I've seen, I think, what what's like really wowed me? Um, what 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 wowed me recently? I don't know. You tell me. I'm trying to think of something on the PS5. Uh, not Spider Man, not Cyberpunk. Unfortunately, God bless. Uh, I, I like that <laughs> game a lot. God bless. God bless them. I, I mean, just all the power to CD Projekt Red. I don't know. It's, there's a couple of games that have like wowed me. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2 even back in the day, right? Sure. Um, so I, I don't know. The graphics I thought were going to just destroy my brain or something, make my eyeballs blow up. Because <laughs> everybody, how they talk about it on YouTube videos, they're like... Yeah, everybody says these are like like, like top of line, well, like they say next gen. graphics. Yeah, they yeah, say next yeah. gen. And it's, yeah. it's not. I've got to... Like, there's a couple of tricks that... I love the PlayStation 5. There's a couple of tricks that the PlayStation 5 is doing right now in early dev days, right? Before they get to people really understanding its power that are like lens flares, right? They're mm-hmm. a lot of metallic surfaces. You know, people, Xbox people are, you know, what, what you called Sony ponies. What are Xbox people called? Xbox. Xbox? Yeah. Okay, so they should be really happy about this section. Um <laughs> PlayStation's doing a lot of silvery objects. Even when things shouldn't be silver and metallic, they're metallic. Because look what it can do. It can shine. Because it can. Reflections, you know? So there's a lot of that. And again, it doesn't make it better for me. And also that thing that I thought was going to be amazing, which is where they switch, go go through portals, and they can just kind of jump into different parts of the map. Yeah. It's boring. It it, it feels like, what's that thing? Um, Not catapult, but um, grappling hook. Okay. So I think it could have been, you basically open portals throughout the map. I haven't done it where like you go through a whole portal and go to a different world, Mm -hmm. which I guess is probably happening later in the game. And that's pretty impressive technically. But for the most part, I've played a lot of this game and you're just opening up mini portals that like zoom you a little bit closer to something. Oh, that's weird. I thought it was like you're going to be totally like a different dimension or a different so world. So far, you haven't. I've only played one. No, I played a couple worlds, maybe three okay. worlds. Uh-huh. So I've been to many planets. So that has not happened. It's kind of just like jumping you to different sections of the map. And I'm like, well, that's just a grappling hook. So that I cooled off on that immediately. And hmm. I kind of cooled off on the graphics because maybe I'm, again, so used to newer graphics but it just wasn't something that blew me away. It looked like a really good, you know, Pixar-y type graphics. All right. The other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is that I know I might like be bad at games or whatever. I don't think I am. 
Because I no, I'm not. I'm not. Carl, stand up for yourself. I will. I love that you're having this like internal debate right oh, here on the podcast. I'm making a lot of comedy sketches that are just me, so this is happening a lot. Um, I, I am good because I played the fuck out of Outriders and destroyed that shit. I'm like level seventy or something. So no, no, no. I just think it's too hard for this type of game because there's a lot of mini bosses in this game, like just a lot of like really big enemies. And you have to be shooting and jumping and dodging and shooting and using your power and portaling all at the same time, all the time. Like, mm. I mean, it just seems way intense for this type of game. I was excited to go and have this be kind of my chill game. And and sometimes it is, and there's like interesting, like, you know, story bits where you're just walking through the city and you know, doing the classic Ratchet and Clank thing where you, you hit everything you can see and you get a million gears for it. But there's a ton of sections where you really have to be good at what you're doing. And there's also a lot of sections where you can fall to your death. Like if you don't platform the right way, like you just die and like fall. And I, mm -hmm. it just felt more difficult than it should be at times. And then secondly, and almost more importantly, I gave zero shits about the story. Like zero shits. Mm, like mm. it's the classic old school. You, you know, there's a bad guy and he's doing things and he shouldn't be doing those things. Sure. And there's a female Lorax. Is it Lombax? Lombax. And so you know, she's just you share all the same uh, gear and everything. Do you play as her also. You play as her. Okay, so she's you switch back and forth between you Ratchet and this back and new forth. female character. Yeah, and they both have a little buddy at some point. Spoiler, because you have the, your little Clank guy. And, you know, the she has something like that. And you, it, it's the same thing. Like, there's no, there's no, so far, there's no reason for me to be either character. Just because the story separated the two characters and now they got to, right. you know. But, like, it just didn't, okay, and you literally share all the upgrades, too. So if hmm. I get an upgraded weapon, then it's for both people. Which, again, story-wise, doesn't make any sense. So I, I just, I don't care enough to play this game and i'm like what's wrong with me do i have problems i mean have you liked the other ratchet and clanks in the in the series are you like a hardcore ratchet and clank fan or are you just like you know take them or leave them kind of thing i guess the part of it is also and we gotta address this at some point in this podcast i don't know how many years we're gonna do this podcast but it's a little bit of it's getting older <laughs> you know what i mean like my sense of what i like out of a game sure isn't going to be banjo kazooie anymore i don't think it is like I, I think taste change, people change. Taste yeah. change, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. is this competent? Is this pretty beautiful at times? Yeah. And I think if you like Ratchet and Clank a lot, you'll like it. But I even think that people who like Ratchet and Clank would have some problems with the um, mundane nature of some of it. This is a hot take. <laughs> but I think that I went to a lot of planets and it felt like the same. The puzzles, they're, uh, I was just, you know, me and puzzles. I was just so over doing puzzles. And there's a lot of clank levels where you're just like in a VR world doing mm -hmm. like simple puzzles with minions for some reason. And I hated that, those sections. I don't know. I just, I got, I found myself bored. And then I found myself challenged more than I wanted to be. I was like, why am I replaying this section a few times? Isn't this a Ratchet and Clank game? You know, like there's a few I mean, things maybe yeah maybe you're on different paths man maybe it's just time you know maybe you just you, you're in a different place in your life oh yeah uh you know and a lot of people look at this series as uh as a comfort food kind of a thing um 
you know, I mean, maybe you're just not in that frame of mind. Maybe you're just, uh, maybe this is not comfort food for you. Even, okay, I will say that. That is probably the case. So giving it a little bit of uh, credit and people might just enjoy it. So don't take, you know, take my review with a grain of salt. But I will also say on top of that, I play a lot of video games. It's too hard at times. Like it doesn't make, there's, again, to what end? Like there was right. this, like five guys and it was just more like the fact that they had a lot of health bars and I had to you know, zap them and then shoot them. And then I ran out of ammo for my gun. And I was like, ratchet and clack, clank and ammo. And I don't, I mean, the ammo's been in it, but like, I just felt like if I was just running and jumping and hitting them, like I would have a hard time, you know? It just felt like, why, why do I have to be so good at eye, eye hand coordination right now? Like, it just seems <laughs> too much. I mean, I will say that I don't. I, I guess I'm curious how many people come to Ratchet and Clank to to be skills tested. I'm guessing probably not a ton, so that's a little bit strange. Uh, is there no difficulty setting on it? I don't know if there was. I think I put it on normal. I I, I just would feel See, bad this is, about this. Is going we've talked to about easy. this, Carlos? Yeah. we've talked about this. You get it? Like in our stage of life, dude, we we've paid our dues. We've cut our teeth. We're not in that frame of mind anymore. We are not the get good guys anymore. You got to just put it on easy. You you will enjoy every game twice as much as you do. You got to put it on easy, dude. Okay, so I'm usually with you on this, and then we'll leave this and go to the next game. But it's Ratchet and Clank, like you know what I mean. Like it's like if you took Mario sixty four and now you got a new Mario Odyssey. Look, Mario Odyssey came out right. That normal mode was hard but fair, and the the final boss Bowser. It was a difficult thing, and I had to do it like eight times. Okay, and guess what? On the eighth time. Guess what, Brad Galloway? I beat it on normal in a Mario Brothers game in the eighth right. time, right? So I think that's bullshit because not with these types of games. It's it like you said, it is comfort food. If there was an easy mode and I didn't do it, I just don't think I should have had to because it's also similar to like Astro's Play Playroom or something. We're showing off a lot of really cool things, right? Like the haptic feedback in this is very very good, and I just think that why limit your, you know user base because of that i'm not saying it's the hardest game in the world but it's way too i was going like holy shit dude if you see some of my runs you're like wow that's a lot of combat um and i just i just was like running out of ammo and like worried if i was going to beat the stage and so i don't know i think i stand by it but i I agree with you that yes i do like easy mode for some things there moving we go, on. Ratchet and Clank. It sounds like you are oh, going to be moving on. I might be moving on. I hate it so much. I bought it, though. Bought it straight up, right? Sure, so, sure. Well, that's, you're Carlos. That's, that's I'm how Carlos, this works. And I will go back and play it, right? So we'll just see if I get, like, I can just see myself getting really upset and switching it to easy. So right. uh, just really quickly, we have, yeah. One, well, we have one game left to talk about. It's Mass Effect. We want to do a quick wrap-up. I feel like maybe we should hold off on this until after we close the show so we can be spoiler-free with it. What do you think? Yeah, that's good. Let's just do a quick five minutes after the show. Uh, credits roll here, and we'll talk about Mass Effect if you want to stick All around right. for that. Let's do that. Okay, folks, you just heard it. We're going to do a quick Mass Effect roundup. Carlos is going to give us final thoughts. Probably spoilerific, I'm guessing. Yep. Um, so we're going to close the show, and if you want to hear Carlos's thoughts and my comments, uh, keep listening after we do the closing, and then you will get that uh, spoilerific section. So also consider this your spoiler warning as well. If you don't want to be spoiled, please stop listening to the show after we do the uh, you know the comments and the, the closing music. Uh, don't keep listening if you don't want to be spoiled. So you've been warned. And this, for people who don't want to be spoiled, is the end of the show. This is it. Pretty big show. We talked about a lot of stuff today. 
I feel like we covered a lot of ground, but it's been a good show. Wait, wait. So uh, let's not end it because I have one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, I do that a lot. Um, what do you got? I, th- I thought I'd say this on air because I think it would help some other people. And I'm putting you okay. on the spot. So Okay, sure. Greg yes. Galloway, get your... Um, What's it say? Get your. Do I need to Google something? What am I doing? No. What do you do when you prepare? What's that old timey? Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Get your, get your ducks in a row. I don't know. Get your ducks in a row. Yeah. Sure. Okay. okay. So right. I, th- we didn't talk about it, but uh, we alluded to the fact that in Seattle, where Brad and I both are, it is way too hot, and it's yes. going up to a hundred plus this weekend. Ooh, that's way too much. Three days in a row. Three days in a row. Too much. So I am going to a hotel. Wow, okay. We've already done it. We've already bought the ticket, reserve reservations. It's not a good, nice hotel, okay? I'm just going to a, reg- <laughs> a regular-ass hotel that has air conditioning. Are you going to Aurora Avenue and, and uh, maybe paying for some company for an hour? No, that would be dangerous. That would be very dangerous. And that's a deep cut for Seattle people. Uh, if you're in Seattle, you know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm literally going down the street just to like a La Quinta or something, a comfort inn okay. or something, right? And I'm just going to go and get the air conditioning. My question to you, Brad Gilly, on the show, and for people who might be doing the same thing or just yes. have a... They're in a hotel for a weekend, right? Yes. What Switch game should I play? Like, just one the whole time. Like, what will keep me busy and entertained and in a world and kind of, like, feel like I'm not just, like, in a hotel room, but, like, I can lose myself in it for a you weekend? Know, man, uh, that is a really good question. I mean, I'm playing... And then I might like, right too, now. remember? Sorry. And I might like, too. Yeah, <laughs> I figured that much. Right. Uh, I think Ender Lilies is a really good one. I'm playing that right now. I wasn't going to bring it up until next show, uh, but it's available for the Switch right now. It's a 2D action platformer. It's got a real neat hook where you play as a little girl who is basically helpless, but you can summon these ghosts to do the combat for you. It's really cool. I've, uh, I really like it a lot. The art style is really good. Uh, it's got a, a, a good level of challenge so far where it's not a cakewalk, but it's not crazy hard either. Wait, I'm um, getting Souls vibes, though. Is it It's not too hard, you say? No, I don't think it's too hard so far. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even really think it's even a Souls-like. I mean, uh, it has the thing where the enemies come back when you rest, but that's about it. Like, if you die, you don't lose anything. Why, you don't do a corpse run. Why does it have to be in so many games? Pe- developers, stop it. I don't want that yeah. anymore. Maybe you like it, but... Okay. I mean, I mean, but other than that, I mean, I think it's really good. I, I dig it so far. So I, I would probably pick that one if you had to play something, like, literally right now, maybe. Okay, I, I do like, I mean, I love the art style. I'm looking at it. It looks beautiful. It looks really beautiful, yeah. So I will probably do that. Thank you for the selection. I'm going to get mad at the the respawning of enemies, but. It's not too big a deal. And it, it, it's all fine because you just like constantly level up. Even if you die, you keep your experience. And uh, it's got a very, you know, a good power curve going. So I, I think you probably would like it. Okay, I'll do that one. Thank you for that suggestion. Right, cool. All right. With that suggestion, we are going to, quote unquote, wrap up the show uh, for now. But as always, we'd like to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. You can hit us up there as well at so video games or hit us up individually. Carlos, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. I never mention my Twitter, do I? You never do. And we've been doing this for years. It's Maybe that's why people while, talk to you on Twitter about this podcast and not me. I'm Onawa, O-N-A-W-A. Please follow me. Um, also a lot, youtube.com slash a lot of things and, uh, t- there's a lot of things, but tiktok.com slash a lot of things comedy. Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Always no O's. And that is going to basically do it for episode 238. Thanks you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. 
And we will see you next Friday, unless you want to stay after the credits for Carlos's Mass Effect spoiler spoiler athon. Uh, whether or not uh, you do, we are going to be back next Friday. So in the meantime, this is bye from Brad and bye from Carlos. we're back we are back with our little spoiler uh post show chunk with carlos he has finished mass effect and he wants to talk a little bit about it do the wrap up carlos and feel free to spoil whatever you wish this is uh a spoiler zone yeah mass effect 3 i finished i really went through the legendary edition or collection fast i think you made good time made good time and i uh went through one really liked it and remembered it uh because i'd played that one i'd not played two and three like fully and I remember being frustrated with two, being frustrated with three for the same reasons. I didn't really like the mechanics. I didn't like the ammo. I hate the ammo, actually, after I've finally finished this fucking thing. Uh, I don't like that decision at all, and I don't think it made it the game any more fun. It just made me have to run around for ammo a lot more, and it just seems silly. Yes, it was plentiful. I think it was more plentiful in three than it was in two, so that that's good on them for doing that. But story-wise... You know, there was a big to-do about the ending when it first came out. And oh, sure. A lot of people didn't like it. They thought it didn't wrap up a lot of the It rocked lines. the industry, Carlos. It, it literally the rocked industry. the industry. Also, so many things rock industries that need to fucking just calm down because it's entertainment. Come on, come on people. Secondly, uh, I, I think that what they did, especially in the leg- Legendary Edition, is and whatever the remaster was probably for that for three is they threw so many storylines in so many extra like uh, side missions, all of the stuff, all Gave of you the every storyline, anything every you could mission. think of. A cat, you walked by a cat one time and you were like, "Whatever happened to that cat? It's in here." Cat's right there. Yep, it's in there. Well, you have to do a whole mission for it. <laughs> oh yeah, but he's in there he's though. In you there. can get yeah. your answer. Yeah. So I, what I did at some point, I was like, "Fuck all your stories." <laughs> I'm going to the mainline quest. So I just did the proximity quest and found out that if you just did proximity quests, you could beat it. So I did that, and I maybe did a couple more side missions at the end. And even with all that kind of extra stuff they put in, I think what they did for the ending still was um, you know, anticlimactic. What mm. happens essentially is you finally meet this elusive man. He's been so damn elusive for two games that he dies in some way. I, I guess there's maybe a couple different options. Um, I shot him. Did you shoot him? I couldn't even recall. I probably did, but I, it's been years. I, I probably shot I him. I couldn't shoot him fast enough. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like him when I saw him the very first time. Like, it's like, no shit, he's a bad guy. So if that's some sort of, like, payoff, oh, he's the bad guy, then, like, I was, you know, color me surprised. So, uh, by the way, when I, you know, how you have those L2, R2, like uh, good, bad decisions you can do? Sure, Paragon and Renegade. Yeah. So I lots of times will fuck up those because I just I see something <laughs> show up on the screen. So I immediately, immediate elusive man was around me, which is near the end of the game. Like that popped up and I just put the push the button because I was like, that means shoot him, right? And I shot my friend. What? Who'd you <laughs> yeah. shoot? I don't know. He, they were okay. It was like they're oh like, um, they, they had like a hostage or something, you know? And I was like, that seems like the wrong choice. But I, and then, it, then it popped up again, and then I shot the elusive man. So I was like, I don't know why I had to shoot my friend first. Uh, long story short, I shot him. It felt anticlimactic. I knew he was the bad guy the whole time. And I can see why people would be upset about that storyline, because they fucking 
really laid that on thick, that elusive man. I don't think that was even the part anybody was upset about. Okay, I'll get to the next part. But I'm saying you're putting a main bad guy through two games? You better have the ending of that bad guy be something else than he walks into a room, you shoot him. Right, right. Come on. Come on, people. Secondly, the other big thing is you turn into artificial intelligence at the end, and you go and your body dissolves, and you're just going to become programming to control the reapers uh and that's it and you have no say in it right i mean that's that's one choice it's not the only choice it what doesn't is happen what is everybody. the other choice then i'd like to know well you have uh i mean I, you have three choices i forget which what they are one of them is that one of them is you merge humanity with machines so that everybody becomes a hybrid and the other one i think think is destroy all the reapers that makes sense i think it was destroy them i don't think i got that third option that you just said though yeah there's definitely three options for sure well i think i only got two because mm. of the way i played the game sure probably so, right yeah. so it was like destroy or be or like or go and become ai and i was like well of course i'm gonna go become ai so i did that but i guess it's just like again a little bit kind of disappointed because you build this character up this whole time and throughout two and three, a lot of your characters you like die. And it just feels so like, the, like, ep, like um, episode three feels so defeating, like the whole game. Like that's, that is interesting. Cause I, that is not my, my take on really the three. Reapers are just winning the whole time. And then at the end, you've got to go, you can still have to keep them alive and do something with them. I don't know. I just felt like it was a downer of a game. Like, I mean, maybe because you were having too many people die. Like, I, I didn't have, like, anybody die unless they unless it was story mandated. Okay, there were some were story mandated. I don't know. Like, uh, what's the girl that has the mask on all the time? She died, and I hated that. Tally. Oh, Tally. yeah, she didn't have to die. Yeah. yeah, she died, and I felt bad about that one. But anyways. You should feel bad about that. Shame on you for letting her die. That's because I, I thought I did the right choice, and I didn't. <laughs> I don't know the, the whole game. I, I I won't change my opinion that the whole experience didn't feel sure. like. I mean, that's your run. That's your experience, right? That's right, right. But I mean, I'm talking about the whole like the legendary edition, right? One through three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Like just one felt like a good game, and 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 here's my hot take number two on the on the show. I think Mass Effect one and Andromeda are my favorites, and, and that's I'm going to stand by that. Two and three just felt heavy, sluggish. I didn't like the combat as much. I felt there were so many story missions, even though I will be with you on this. There was a lot of story missions I really felt were incredible, like really fucking incredible. Yeah. But the sum of all the parts didn't add up enough for me, and I just felt like it felt laborious at the end. Hmm. I'm using I mean, all these I, special words I have today. A, I mean, that's that's your take, and I respect that, man. That's how you felt about yeah. it. No, uh, not really up for debate. I mean, I, I definitely feel different than that. I haven't replayed recently, but you know, my, my remembrances of going through um, we're pretty different. I really liked one a lot. I still think it's my favorite. Uh, I think it's like the most well put together for my sensibility. And I feel like it just it hits the right notes and hits the right drama. I agree. Uh, two, I didn't care for too much just because I feel like the main story is a throwaway and they lean too heavy on Gears of War uh, for combat. And three, I really liked as well because it was nothing but like a 30 hour epilogue. It was like I liked doing all the quests and getting all the wrap up and seeing all the characters. Um, so that was why I liked it. I mean, at that point I was like totally invested and I was happy for like all the extra doing all the DLC and doing all the extra bits. So for me, that was really cool. And, uh, I really liked that, that I felt like they really took the time to answer every little bit. You know, I wanted to know what happened to that cat. I wanted to know what happened Mm. to that one guy back on that one planet. I wanted to know what happened to that spider lady. Like, you know, I wanted all the answers 
And they gave them. They gave me all the answers I could have possibly asked for, which made me happy. I know a lot of people have problems with the uh, the ending, um, specifically, even though you, you ultimately may have a maximum of three choices. A lot of people felt like that wasn't specific enough to their individual playthroughs. I disagree. Uh, but, you know, everybody has their own opinion. I certainly wasn't going to, like, rock the industry over over that. Uh, but overall, I still like it a lot. Uh, I I don't think I'm going to go through Andromeda. Ironically, oh, ironically. Oh, my goodness, you're making a mistake. But go ahead. Ironically, my son was playing through Mass Effect. Uh, he likes he likes them okay. His favorite, Andromeda. He liked yeah, that one the best out of all of them. Smart smart kid. Smart kid. He, fin- he totally finished it, dude. He'd finish it. And I was really impressed and surprised. And he did not bother to finish the other three which made my heart break a little bit as a parent. But, you know, every kid needs to make their own choices. You need to give them space to do to do that. Let me. Uh, and uh, there we go. That, I'm, I'm so glad for him. And also, I agree with his decision. And uh, weirdly enough, after I finished three, I really am contemplating. And I never do this. You got to replay? I might replay Andromeda just for a couple different choices. And also, I remember loving it. I want to make sure, because I keep standing up for it in every podcast, that I that it is, you know, from my memory... Sure. And secondly, I don't. I think they might have released DLC, and I never played it, which would make me feel crazy because I really, really like that game. I'm pretty sure I am going to redownload it, and I don't normally do that for a big epic game like that. But secondly, I want to say this: um, I agree with the original thing of like people being a little frustrated with the two or three choices because if you give have a game like Fallout, Skyrim, other games that have this, they do give a, a few more options that feel more like a, adhere to your playthrough, you know. So I can see why people like three tri- three games, a whole trilogy, and then you give them two or three choices, and they uh, to me they all felt kind of similar. Or like sure, you're sure. doing something with the Reapers, and it has nothing to do with like this other planet or this little solar system. It's like now I'd make a big decision. There's the elusive man. Shoot him or don't shoot him. You know. So I mean, see, that's the thing. Though that's the thing that I think is really strange to me, and I feel like I'm very confused by this because I know everybody got really upset about. I got to the end of this game and there was only two or three choices and I spent 90 hours and I made all these choices. Okay. But like the entire game of mass effect three is your epilogue. Like the entire game is your ending, like getting all those different side quests and seeing the outcome of like, like literally every character that's ever been in mass effect, you can find out what happened to all of them. It's like, if they had put that after the credits, people would be like, that was an amazing ending. That was so good. Yeah. They put it before the credits and people were like, this ending sucks. I hate it. I got it. It's like you, you got your answers. Like you got the wrap up to literally everything. It just didn't come after the credits. And now you're bent out of shape about it. Like I, I can't get mad about it. Okay. I got two points to that. And I'm glad you said that. Cause it made me think of these. The first point is I think just, I want to put an asterisk next to it. I played these all back to back. Probably not the way to do it because also when you were like living in the moment, right. When this game came out in real time, in real time and you were waiting for three, right? Like I had no wait for nothing. I like continued the story continuously. Right, right, right. And so you're like, you've been waiting to finish these side stories, like you just said. Exactly. That makes yeah. perfect sense. So, okay. Like two years apart or whatever. It's a yeah. different colored glass, right, that you're seeing it through. The sure. second thing I'll say, though, and I think I just figured it out, and this is, again, my opinion, but I think this might be what other people are feeling, is that, yeah, of course, an, any epic RPG could have one ending. You know, I play a ton of them. That, that's the ending. You beat right. the big evil wizard, and uh, that's it. I think why is because... In my humble opinion, three was dark. I mean, there's that whole the dream sequence where you, the kid, you know, is dying and stuff, and sure, literally you see you watch a kid in the beginning die, and there's this uh, this uh, om- omnipresent man. I'm using all these fun words tonight. 
uh, like a threat that's always there, which is these Reapers. And, and you, the whole game, literally the whole game, in literally the last like boss section, which is like, remember you're like kind of taking back Earth? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's all so dark. Yeah, there's some side quests that I remember being like whimsical or whatever, but most of them are about like this terrible force we're not going to win. And I think that people felt that at the end. And I think that why they maybe wanted different choices is because if you only get one choice after a whole game of like, well, you're fucked. Like all these aliens are going to fuck you. You got to bring all the people together to come fight them, but it's still not enough. Because you remember, get to Earth, and if you remember a memory of the game, you fucking lose a lot. Like, again, you're not losing your main characters. What I meant earlier was millions of people are dying. Like, it's just like a fuck fest, and everyone's, like, losing shit. And by the way, the Earth is fucked. (laughs) Like, it's like a piece of shit when you come back to it. Like, there's nothing. and, And those waves of enemies, by the way, were fucking tough. Holy shit. Like, it's just wave upon wave on enemy. Again, very much like Gears of War. So I just think that, and this is a kind of a psychological take, but I think that the game is oppressive in that way, and that because of that, people wanted more choice, I think, to make them feel better. That's a hot take. I mean, that's a hot take. I mean, I, I will also say I'm, I'm good with games that don't always end happy. Like I don't need a happy ending to all my games. And I feel like a lot of times I enjoy the bad endings or right. you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. bad or sad ending more than the happy ones. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're more meaningful or they're more impactful. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's just how it was. That was a high stakes game, like serious shit going on. Shepard got to save the universe. She can't do everything. And you know, that's just how it rolled. And you know, there's a million RPGs out there where, like you said, there's only one ending, like, you know, play a final fantasy. I mean, there's basically only one ending to every fucking final fantasy unless you do like all the super super secret shit but like in general it's not uncommon for an rpg to have just one ending i know so i don't know why this this one got held up as the ultimate crime against humanity when they they checked all the boxes filled in all the answers and then gave you the one ending that is traditional wrap up i mean i don't know man yeah i'm not mad about it that's not mad no no i'm not like fully mad but i can see like my whole like psychological take is the reason why i was and i think it might have actually been uh, a secret reason why other people were but in in general i enjoyed my time i really liked it and if anything it made me like you know resurgence for andromeda and i think actually after this podcast i'm going to redownload it (laughs) because if there's any dlc at all I stand by that, and so does so does your son. By the way, he does. He loves it. He liked it a lot. It's like fucking fun. People are, ah, people are just so close minded because you know people get in their ways, right? And we've done it before too. I'm not perfect, but I just feel like people like have such a, you know, pedestal for that series. And I'm here to tell you, I went through it, and I think I went through it. I mean, I just went through the whole fucking thing, guys and gals, and and drama's better than two and three. Straight up, straight I, I up. I think you're crazy, but I, we're not going to solve that tonight. I think a lot of it comes down to personal preference. Maniacal I will never, I will never agree. Yes, maniacal after. I will never agree with you on that. But then again, we don't have to. You played your game, we you had your experience, and that's and that's a great. Thing. Games are great. Okay, are great. that's it. I got to right. fucking go. Oh my god, it's so hot in here. Yeah. All right, we are done. That is it. This is the end of the show. We'll catch you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Whoa, we didn't even plan that. <laughs>